0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 174th episode of MTG Fast Finance, the podcast that makes sure the only crease sheets are in the bedroom. MTG Fast Finance is your weekly podcast covering the world of Magic the Gathering Finance, Collection Management, and Speculation. I'm your host, Travis Allen, Wizard Bumpin' on Twitter. My co host this week is Cliff Daigle, uh, Word of Commander, and we're here to help you guys make and save money playing our favorite game, Magic the Gathering. Hello,
1: everybody. Glad to be here. Looking forward to sharing some valuable, valuable information with all of you. This show, as always, is produced by MTGPrice.com, the leading MTG finance community. Sign up today at MTGPrice.com to manage your collection, track your specs, chat on the super
0: awesome discord and read articles by some of the best financial minds in the hobby. Cliff, I feel like you haven't listened to the episodes recently because now we do a little patter between or before you jump into all that. Oh really? This is our pattern moment. So I do things like ask you how's, you know, LA how's the weather out there?
1: Well, I visited LA. I come back to find a indeed crinkled sheet. That's uh, got two messed up edges and a, Big crease on the whole top row of cards. So uh, their apology gift uh, got trampled in the mail. I don't know. Angry elephants.
0: There oh, are uh, a lot of people reporting those issues. It is not just you.
1: And I don't. Does that make me feel better? Kind of. I've seen a lot of people um, are getting word from wizards that they'll get a new one in one to two weeks. But are they going to use a smaller tube? A less angry person packing them? I don't. I don't know what's going to happen.
0: Hmm. It is uh it's, it's kind of funny. Uh, to me I wonder how many man hours Wizards is stuck sinking into all of this.
1: Well, what do you do for the encore on the the next time they do this cuz clearly the money is there that they want to keep doing it. But this is a conversation we had like five or six episodes ago. Like what what's the next apology step? I've well, screwed up more than a few times. Like how how would you make it better with your wife if you kept doing the same dumb thing over and over again?
0: <laughs> it's not a how would you It's a how do you I'm sure Wizards plan is to not do it again Of course right. we all know how that will go uh, I mean they can always just send out another sheet Like if 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 there's another debacle They can say hey We still haven't got the kinks ironed out We're going to send you another foil sheet It won't the be quite as impressive this time But people will still be happy with it The kinks ironed out He says you're yeah. so cute
1: yeah, that's, that's adorable.
0: Uh, MTG Fast Finance is proudly sponsored by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find all sorts of cool stuff in stock, including the best in Magic the Gathering singles, sealed product, and a plethora of other collectibles. Use the promo code FINANCE5 during checkout. That's five with the number five, not the F-I-V-E. FINANCE5 during checkout at CoolStuffInc.com to save 5% off your order and support this podcast. Cliff, what is on our agenda this week?
1: We have our usual delightful four segments. First off, we've got some top movers, and there's some hilarious ones in there, given that uh, M20 spoilers are coming in hot and heavy. We've got uh, our picks of the week. Uh, You and I have some uh, really great things, really great places to park some value. Then it's on to, uh, we're going to talk about the modern topic, the modern online top eight. And then finally, with the whole spoiler coming out, we get to discuss What's uh What's relevant in the upcoming set since we only had a set two weeks ago?
0: There's some uh yeah, there's some fun stuff in Magic Twenty this time around. A lot, a pretty pretty uh distinct cards for a core set. It seems like they might have put some of their leftovers from the Modern Horizons uh, design file in the core set. Um, That's an
1: interesting way to put that. I hadn't yeah. thought of it that way. I just thought it was just power creep in general.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say, but we'll get back. We'll, we'll get there. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. Spoilers. Spoilers.
0: Alright, so start of segment one, our top movers, and I just gotta say at the outset here, that between the Modern Horizons stuff just hitting shelves recently, the Magic 2020 spoilers wrapping up like today, there is a Standard Mythic Championship this weekend, and there are like 30 streamers streaming arena in various formats. It is getting extremely difficult to keep up with everything like there are several (laughs) cards on here and i'm like like our number one card this week i know there's a reason for it but i really don't have a great pinpoint on what it is because i'm like okay there are 74 channels of information that i could have this could have come out of and i i might be aware of 73 of them and i missed this one so we're doing our best here for you uh but this is just a lot of data points um and a lot of catalysts in the last couple weeks having said that first card of the week monastery mentor out of fate reforged uh you guys all remember this guy he's the white monk that makes more monks everybody's got prowess it's a prowess party foils about 50 bucks up to 100 uh, for about a nice double up there i suspect that's going to be fairly sticky we might see a retrace back towards 80 these new prices generally don't stick quite at the, the spike, but Monastery Mentor has been a sort of a fringe card in a couple formats since release. People have been trying to make them work over and over again. They're giving it another shot now. Um, there's something in Modern Horizons that's behind this, and I, I don't remember what exactly it is, but I, I think your $80, these are pretty solid. Um, but if you can get 100 for them, you should take it.
1: Yes, you should cash in on the spike if you can. And if you don't want to, um, I think the only thing you'd have to fear would be a judge printing in the next couple of years. Right. This seems like a difficult card to throw in without unbalancing a format like crazy. And we're at least a year away from another master's type set. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you.
0: I wonder if I wonder if they would do this as a judge promo. It doesn't you know, I can only go by intuition, but it doesn't feel like a judge promo type card. Does that make mm. sense? Do you feel that way at all?
1: Well, it's mainly seeing play in like Legacy. I, I, you sometimes see it in as a one or two of in a modern deck on a sideboard, but um, this is a, a most commonly a sideboard plan for miracles, and um, that tends to be the kind of card where a, a judge promo would pop up and um, play havoc with some prices. But maybe we'll get it something sweet like an old border foil monastery mentor.
0: That That'd would be, awesome. be nifty. I do like me some old border foils. I saw Gavin yeah, Verhey asking on Twitter today which out of a set of cards, which ones people would like to see in the old borders. I said thoughtsies. Did you? I did had the poll didn't come up when I clicked on it, so I did not answer. Uh, <laughs> what's our next
1: card? Next up is foil copies of Alpha Status out of Scourge. Uh, have basically doubled up from around 250 to 5. Did you know what this card did before you looked?
0: No, not at all. No one does.
1: Oh, uh, I believe this is the uh, tribal giant growth. And I, I didn't want to look because I wanted to test myself. And let's see if I'm right. Alpha You're very close. Dead. Oh, it's the enchantment. Darn it. Uh, enchanted creature gets 2-2 two, two for each other creature on the battlefield that shares a type with it. Yeah. So close. Uh, as we're going to see, we've got a lot of uh, tribal elemental cards that have just gone crazy with uh, the uh, M20 spoilers, and so this is just one more of them. If you're slapping this on a changeling, it basically gets 2-2 for each other creature in play, so that's always fun.
0: Mm-hmm. It's definitely a spec play. This is not a card that's moving because people are out there rushing to buy alpha statuses, but there's a lot of tribal interest sort of around right now, and that is driving a lot of these types of price movements. Um, I, I, You know, I think $5 is probably sticky I, I, I think that people will pay that Because it's not that much money um, And the one guy who probably bought 6 copies Is going to get paid on it, I guess As much as you can get paid on a $6 copy
1: <laughs> uh, Plus it's uh, a foil from Scourge Which is uh, 20 years ago? I want to say it was
0: 99 <sighs> I don't think it's that long ago. No, no, no. 99 was not magic started in like 94. 93 was alpha. So 99 was like Urza's I think. Right. Yeah. So you're sc- right about that. 99 sc- was Urza. Mirrodin was 2003, I think, which would put scourge at 2002, 2002. Yeah. The year before. Was I right? Did you uh, up? I, I didn't
1: look it up, but that sounds I, right.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, sure. All right. We're not looking it up. I was right. Um, Sire of Stagnation foils out of Battle for Zendikar. Uh, $6.50, 7 bucks up to uh, just under fourteen. Sire of Stagnation is that really cool mythic from Battle for Zendikar. It's the six mana Devoid. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, that player exiles the top two cards of their library, and you draw two cards. We're seeing a lot of landfall effects between Modern Horizons and M twenty. That's been a theme. And this appears to be a little bit of a pushback in the opposite direction. People are like, okay, well, if you're all going to play all these effects that put all these lands onto the battlefield, I am going to try and capitalize on that. That's my read on this. I'm like, there's no, there's no way people are grabbing this for modern. It's way too slow to punish people in modern for applying those types of strategies. So this is just, I think people, uh, going in this direction for, for EDH. This is, this will
1: be, Get you, I mean, like this is a fun-looking card. It stops them from playing more lands, but honestly, they'll just kill the creature and move on. I've I've tried to make this work and had no luck in Commander. So, more power to those of you who are trying.
0: I think this card, you know, not having played it, seems like a pretty solid choice. Because how often is this going to be the most important card on the battlefield? You, like right, like you're you're never going to be the guy that people. That's never going to be the creature that people need to answer. It'll be annoying but it doesn't like directly harm the person putting the lands in the play because all they do is exile too. So you just get paid constantly and they're just like, yeah,
1: this is up there with consecrated sphinx in terms of the cards. People will immediately kill. Is it? Yes, because it's exactly the effect It stops them from. uh, They don't want to play lands because it gives you an advantage, but then they don't want to just hold their lands back. So they're going to do what they can to either kill you or kill your creature. Uh, it, it does immediately become a focus point uh for the game okay at least that's my that's my experience with it
0: no you're'm you're, sure you're probably right i'm sure you're right i'm just i i'm just going more on intuition because i haven't actually had anyone play with this card at the table yet uh Zata, Hedron grinder foil zada m25 like a dollar and change to you know 253 bucks this is a feather a popular card and feather it's the pre-feather feather basically uh but not really a big jump. I mean, if you had bought a bunch of them on the news, you might be able to buy list them for a small increase. whoop you do No,
1: I. I plus, it's, it's an uncommon out of M twenty-five, which is not even a year old. I mean, yes, it has gotten more expensive as some copies get soaked up, but there's a, a lot to get soaked up, and I don't. I don't think you'll get paid if you're trying to buy in on these uh, at any point recently. If I just think if you've got a foil, just like look at it and go, oh, this is worth a dollar more than it was. Well, you the original foil out of uh, Zendikar is still only $4. I,
0: I meant like you got paid if you bought these at 75 cents or whatever. If you oh, were yeah. in in on the Feather reveal, you made some buy list bucks. There you go. That's a good way to put that. Uh, what do you got after that for us?
1: After that, we have foil copies of Blood Sun out of Rivals of Ixalan have gone from uh, about $3.75 to $8. I believe this is pretty much on the new Lotus Veil land uh, because if you have Blood Sun in play and you play the new land, you don't have to sacrifice anything and it'll come into play untapped and you get to immediately tap it for three mana. What? All right, so the new the new Lotus Veil land, whatever it's called. Uh, what is yeah, it called? Lotus Field. Lotus Field. So it's got all these other abilities that Blood Sun turns off. And that... it keeps its mana ability.
0: Huh. That is something So that's
1: why everybody's like, oh my god, this is a combo. So that's why Bloodson has gone I think why Bloodson has gone up. It sure isn't getting doesn't seem to be getting more modern playing that I've noticed.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't think so either, which is why it's one of the few cards on this list I don't have a note for because I'm like, what the, like I don't I don't see this being a big deal. Uh that makes sense though. That absolutely makes sense. That you play you know, you play this on turn two or three. And then so you can on if you elf on like turn one or two. If you elf on turn one, on turn two you can blood sun, and on turn three you can have six land. And it hoses your opponents too. Like, it's useful for you because it makes your lotus field good and it annoys the heck out of your opponents.
1: That's always a fun combination. I suspect um, people are trying to build now that you have such a payoff for it. Um, remember how the original Lotus Veil and um, uh, the four Mana Land, whose name escapes me, how both of those spiked when Blood Sun came out. Uh, somebody is there. Are people who are just trying to put together uh, some kind of crazy ass deck uh, that doesn't that plays around all the all the problems? Like you can play all of your uh Ravnica bounce lands and just get your mana immediately, things like that.
0: Yeah. Well, I will tell you that I don't I'm not on board with it completely. Uh, but I definitely see where they're going with it. And it's it's kinda cute, but the fact that Blood Sun draws you a card when it comes into play, which means that it replaces itself. So it's not ter- like it's not as bad as it could be. And the fact that it annoys the heck out of your opponents. At the same time, um, is relevant, is definitely relevant. Like those two, the fact that it kind of does both duty. If this was just essentially a blank card that only worked with Lotus or Lotus Field, it would be much, much worse. Yes. Huh. Huh. That's clever. I will give people that. That's clever.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's really fun. I'd like to say it's a standard thing, but, um, you know, cause, uh, as Kanta is still such a prevalent thing until it rotates in October. But I I don't think this is really a a longevity sort of play. This is just somebody trying to get real cute with the, uh, with the lands and now they have lots of reasons to, they have even more reasons to do it.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, Okay. Next up is Primal Beyond out of Morning Tide. Uh, non foils, like four bucks and change up to about eight for about a double off. This is on the back of elementals and magic 20. I wrote about this card, I think, uh, like last week or the week before. Um, so not too surprising here. Supply was quite low. Um, and there, if there's anyone who's trying to play primals at elementals at the kitchen table, they're not going to want foils. They're going to want non foils. Uh, so it was good it was good uh good seating for these.
1: Yeah, i I actually think the nonfoils probably have higher to go considering how long ago Lorwin was and how a certain amount of them have already been soaked up by other elemental decks. Somebody wanted to build their Horde of Notions deck and everything. Yeah. So I would not be surprised to see this grow a little further.
0: Uh yeah, yeah. It, it, at the very least I think it'll hang at the eight. I think the eight's probably a pretty sticky price. I'm with you on that. Uh, okay then there is this this one I really like because uh, I, I, I noticed this right away. Um, I didn't I didn't buy any but I did, I, I did spot it, it was uh, overgrowth. Um, so we're looking at the foil 10th edition copies specifically uh, about six dollars and six bucks up to thirteen14 dollars. overgrowth is a land enchantment uh, for three mana and whenever the enchanted land is tapped, its controller adds green green. Now, why this card specifically? Well, because, A, uh, Lotus Field, which is hexproof, which means you get to put your land enchantments on oh. and oh. put your opponents out, okay. Uh, which makes all of these types of cards instantly more attractive than they would be, especially when you combine Lotus Field with Voyaging Seder or Kiora's Follower, which you're going to want to do anyways. And then mm, they've printed this type of effect a bunch of times recently, but for the most part, they haven't printed them. Uh a lot of them recently have said the Enchanted Land has the text of like that <laughs> for two mana type of thing. Well not right, this time. Like, yeah, yeah. this gives it extra mana. So now if you this is on the land, every time you t- tap Lotus Field, you're getting five total mana. Uh, my dog is very excited about this. <laughs> Clearly, your dog plays uh, a lot of ramp. That's cool. Yeah, she was barking earlier, but Cliff was talking, and I'm going to mute it in the MP3 release, but that time she was doing it <laughs> <laughs> while I was talking. Um, yeah, so this allows you to make five mana every time you tap Lotus Field, and it's the only land enchantment I'm aware of that gives you the double land Uh, so it's it's a cool effect it's a cool effect and people are going to try and make it work in modern
1: well i'm i don't know about breaking it in modern but it's a it's a ninth edition foil and a tenth edition foil there there's not that big a supply anyway um if you go way back uh this kind of card used to combo with earthcraft if you really wanted to go crazy but um i'm glad that people are finding new ways to exploit old cards like this because you're right new horizons and whatever the other one that gains you three life is, they, they just mean the land can tap for two mana or three mana. But with this overgrowth, it's now five. And that makes a lot more sense because I had no idea what you
0: meant by this good to float this field. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's uh, what's our next card, Cliff?
1: Uh, next up, we have Giver of Runes, which has gone uh, from about $6 non-foil to around $13 non-foil from Modern Horizons. Um, I don't know if you know this, but... Uh, Almost Mother of Runes is a really good card, and uh, thankfully it's not a human, but it's still seeing a lot of play in creature-based decks, and it means you've got to point a removal spell. You basically need two removal spells to kill an annoying creature, because one's got to kill this, and then you need another one for the thing you need to kill, so keep that in mind. Also, it's got two toughness, very relevant.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, it, the 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 two toughness will kind of come and go. I think depending on the format, um, you know, if Forked Bolt is ever good, this gets insane. But it yes. is it, it, it is yeah, that two toughness is certainly impactful. Uh, and, and I think this card is going to continue to have an impact in in Modern for sure. I mean, at the very least, like those Death and Taxes, Aldrazi taxes, taxes decks are probably going to be. Looking to play this pretty regularly, I would assume. Yeah, any any
1: deck that's base white and wants to keep creatures around. Uh, the only reason it's not in humans is because it's not a human, and uh, we should all be, you know, doing a little fist pump about that—that that they
0: saw that coming. Yeah, right. This would—I I have to wonder if they kind of like at the last minute switched this to core or something like that
1: entirely possible. I mean, they missed... uh, Do you think they missed
0: Hogak, or...? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think they did.
1: They just straight-up missed... Like, this is set for Modern. Nobody said, hmm, might be good in Dredge, especially if we're giving you another sack outlet or two. Mm. Anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, As you're going to see in our... As we go over this list, uh, there's more than a few Modern Horizons cards on here. Uh, You may have noticed that the supply appears to be maxing out, and uh, I... I think I'm holding on the two sealed boxes I have. I'm, I'm in it at, a, at like 180, so I don't want to go anywhere on that for a while.
0: Yeah. That's, that's right about where they are right now. I have been hemming and hawing about what to do with mine at the moment. I'm leaving them. Um, I was going to get in my house. I was just okay. going to, I was going to just kind of let the first wave kind of go through and go from there. I don't, I'm not really eager to sit on these forever, especially because I know that half the reason Wizards printed this is that it gives them a nice bulk of cards to kind of keep reprinting over the next couple of years. So they are going to target cards in Modern Horizons fairly aggressively with reprints, I suspect. Uh, So you can't expect this to be like a $900 box in four years because they're going to keep printing the best stuff in it. That said, I think you can probably get... Um, you know, we need to get past this initial wave. Um, let, let all those, those first versions, the first, the first outing get into people's collections, get into their hands, sort of dry up in the marketplace. Um, And then people's attention will turn towards M20. And then in the fall, it'll turn to whatever. It's New Theros or or the new Lorwyn, whatever we're going to. So I'm guessing that this fall is probably where Modern Horizon starts to get – boxes start to get good because people have stopped buying it. Their attention is elsewhere, and those boxes can really start to creep up. That's my guess. I'm sure James will have a lot of opinions about that too. (laughs) Um, Excuse me.
1: Uh, yeah, that seems that seems about right. Um, I do think they'll be more expensive, especially as cards from Modern Horizons have a chance to shine and uh, they become more popular Commander inclusions as well. So I'm, I I think I'm a I'm a hold for a while too. I'm not sure how long I, I don't know how often they're gonna slide Modern Horizons reprints in on us, but that's that's the biggest risk that I'm taking. You're right about that too.
0: Well, you know, some of them they could sneak into modern. Like some of these are, I'm sorry, standard. Some of them they could print in standard. Not all of them, but like a couple of them. And I'm sure they might stick one or two in commander decks. And you know, if they do modern horizons next year, they might stick uh, five or six in there. So they've got they've got a couple places where if they want to include them, they can. All right. They could they could do like intro decks, or maybe not intro decks, but like planeswalker decks where they did that and. Um, Or uh, event decks again. Yeah, event decks. There's a lot of options for them if that's where the direction they want to go.
1: Alright, next up on our list is Time Sifter, the uh, Mirrodin Foils, which, uh, if you've never played against a Time Sifter deck, you're living the good life. Uh, They have gone from about 13 to around 30. Uh, This is the artifact for uh, what is it, 5 mana, 6? 5 mana, that uh, everybody reveals the top cards of their library at the beginning of each upkeep, and whoever's got the highest converted mana cost takes the next turn. It's one of the cards that you build around and you make stupid, and uh, I'm surprised it's still legal in Commander because it just ends up with somebody taking a bunch of turns in a row and all kinds of wild shenanigans. There's a lot of good artifact stuff in M20, plus maybe people are still going crazy on Urza, like everything artifact is new again with Urza. Mm-hmm. So. You know, there's you you pick your reasons why this is good, but basically, it's a a Mirrodin foil from 2002 that has never been
0: reprinted. The, there's some combo with this that just got that just got printed. I don't remember oh, really? which one okay. it is. It's but something just made it more interesting looking, and oh, I, I'm boy. sorry that I don't remember what it is. But there's one of these M20 cards or Horizons cards or something caught people's attention, and they're like, "Oh yeah, that's how that works." Well, what um, everyone
1: should do is come on the Discord and yell at us what it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, so so that that's out there. I, I I'm aware that people are gonna be shooting for that. Uh but I think it's probably just like an D- acute EDH thing or a modern thing. I mean this thing is still, what is it, five mana, right? Like it's not yeah. it's not cheap to put in the play, so it's it's not really gonna be any different than any of the other stupid combos you can do. Um you <laughs> know, it's it's still gonna be worse than just uh playing Karn and then putting Mycosyntatus in the play. Like that's still gonna be a better choice. <laughs> um after that, after Time sifter we've got Blood Bond March. Man, I feel bad. I, this is a foil out of Ravnica, dollar and change to like four bucks. Do you know of somebody having played Blood Bond March somewhere? this someone nope, cast I've, this card?
1: I've been trying to find it and I can't find it.
0: Alright, so I think this is just an a, an aberration of data. I don't think this is meaningful. Um after that is Horde of Notions out of uh, Modern Masters, but there's uh, two versions. There's this and Lorwyn copies. And I think the um, non-foils and foils probably bumped up. But the foils from Modern Masters jumped from like 9 to 20. So a pretty good jump. There's uh, there's mod- Elementals and M20. It's one of the themes. We know that's coming. Um, so people are going to be building Horde of Notions, Commander Decks. Uh, the only other raw option really is Morontron. I'm not clear which one would be better. War of notions is pretty pretty sick though
1: and I'll War of mention notions it now. has a, has a hmm? much better ability like you get to replay your stuff
0: yeah I mean I agree that is solid the only the only thing I imagine the problem there being is that it's four mana five mana to put the creature back in the play so it's sort of like is that the best thing to be doing with your mana uh I don't know I don't know I mean but
1: Fair, fair point. I mean, all Morphon does is make stuff cheap and make them bigger. So you've got that going for you.
0: Yeah, I think that I have a I have a feeling the making them cheaper is more appealing than the paying five to Put a, you know, a two, three back from your graveyard in the play. But I don't know. I think that I do think the <laughs> elemental wave is going to be real short lived because it's just not that exciting of a tribe and while we're on the topic uh incandescent soulstoke out of Lorwyn foils like six bucks to 14 same deal um makes mana for el- for elementals right pumps them whatever i don't i, I this i would sell this stuff is really quickly because i don't think any of it has any strong legs agreed okay so how about uh row 17 there what do you got for me on that one
1: Next up is Hooded Hydra. The Cons of Tarkir Mythic Rare has gone from about 3 bucks to around $8. Uh, this is the one that uh, is the morph that when you flip it up, it comes in with as a 5-5. I believe it flips up for 5, right? Yes. So it flips up as a 5-5, and whenever when it dies, you make a 1-1 one, one snake for each 1-1 one, one counter on it. So you play it, you unmorph morph it for 5, and it, you'll get 5 snakes when it dies. Or you just cast it for X green green. So you get an XX huge thing. And since we've got a Hydra Lord in M20, then all the all the Hydras are going to go crazy. If you're looking for some place to start specking, look for Hydras that haven't yet gone up. Yeah, uh,
0: that, that new Hydra is pretty sick too, right? Yeah. Uh, it, what the hell's its name? Oh, let me look up its name. It's not because it's not a Hydra it's gargos
1: the vicious Watcher. it is a hydra hydras cost four less and it's only a six mana eight seven what, and what, what? for for funsies it's got vigilance and whenever a creature you control becomes a target of a spell uh this creature will fight up to one creature you don't control
0: so you'll uh... get to
1: punch something on the way out i guess
0: <laughs> okay so apparently it's not on the goldfish spoiler which is why i did not see it um okay But yeah, it it makes them four cheaper, right? Four colorless cheaper. That's correct. And it's six mana. Yeah. yeah. Like the fact that it just gives you four colorless mana towards your hydras is so good. That's so much mana. So good. Like it makes hooded hydra like you just pay two. Like it's totally fine to play that card at two mana.
1: So you play Gargos at uh, six mana next turn. Let's say you're at seven. You could play the Hooded for five plus four. So you're getting a 9-9 nine nine the turn after you play Gargos to go with the 8-7 you already got.
0: Yeah, there's that some, seems decent. Some seems fun decent. stuff in there. Some fun stuff in there. Uh okay, so after Hooded Hydra, oh, Polyraptor. Foils out of <laughs> Rivals of Ixilon. Six bucks to sixteen. So Wizards of the Coast decides to put this new dinosaur in uh in m20 that what is it when a when a creature you control enters a battlefield it deals one damage to it right two damage two damage so it's a creature and it, and it says whenever you put a creature in the play it deals two damage to your own creature to the one so, that just came in yes yeah, yeah so you're shocking your creatures as they come in the play oh okay well we still haven't en, enrage in the format should we go back and look at like the twelve cards that we printed with Enrage just to make sure there's no problems? No. Why
1: would we do no, that? No, ship it. That sounds ship Silly. It. <laughs> yeah. Nobody so, plays
0: with them anyway. Why would? Why were? Look, we only got so much time. Come on. So whatever this thing's name is, which also doesn't, I don't think, is on the. It is called Marauding Raptor. You are uh, okay. There we go. Oh, it's oh, because I see. Okay. Marauding Raptor. Oh, I see why I wasn't finding that dumb card. Um, yeah, Marauding Raptor. It makes your creature spells cheaper and it shocks your dudes. So if you have Marauding Raptor in play, which is a two mana two three, which is already pretty good. And it makes all your creature spells one less, So that's pretty solid. And then you put a Poly Raptor in the play. The card we're talking about, the one that spiked. It deals damage to Poly Raptor. Poly Raptor has a non-May ability that forces you to put a token of Poly Raptor in the play which then gets shocked, which has the same text on it, and you create a draw. Like, having both of these cards in play creates a draw. Uh, Or at least playing Polyraptor after the first one.
1: Unless you have some way to uh, remove the new Polyraptor token or this creature uh, at instant speed.
0: That's the only thing. Which seems probably unlikely. Uh, So the point here is you can force a draw with this, which actually seems pretty relevant to me. Um, if I'm playing standard and I want to build this deck, if I want to build like a creature deck, it is very much worth having this combo in your deck as sort of an escape button so that you can just play the beatdown game. And then if you get into a situation where you're losing, you just, you could, you try and set this combo up, which then forces the draw and hope oh, now I don't lose. We'll go to the next game. Um, which get, you know so which puts your opponents in a really annoying situation because if they ever push the advantage you could possibly just draw the game and force it another one which is just bad for a zillion reasons right <laughs> yeah so. this
1: is this is bad uh somebody i don't know if errata is coming i don't know if an emergency ban is coming there it doesn't seem like they can leave this right because there's no Magic does not have the, the anti-asshole clause of we don't want to play with you like you would do with somebody with a commander deck that's overpowered and wants to keep playing against people who don't have a similar power deck. You, know, you can't go to F and say, oh, I'm not going to play you, asshole, because I know you have uh, infinite polyraptor going on, and it, we're just going to sit down and shuffle a bunch, and there will be no conclusion at all.
0: My suspicion is they're not going to touch it at all. Like just straight up banning it immediately doesn't give anyone a chance to doesn't give it a chance. And I don't mean like a chance as in, oh, maybe this will actually be great for the format, but a chance like, oh, maybe this won't actually matter. And then we don't have to deal with the PR problem of having banned it. Uh, I think that they'll just leave it. Remember they left, uh, fell at our guardian and, um saheeli. saheeli in the format for a while in fact they put out a ban announcement for those cards or for and didn't ban either of them and it was only after people got really pissed that they went back and said oh, okay we'll do a second ban three days later and include it so <laughs> they're right. pretty willing oh my God. To, yeah to, to to let that stuff drag on um so i think they're just gonna leave it And if it becomes a problem, they'll address it. But it's only for the summer because then Ixalan rotates. So it's not even like they have to deal with it for that long. And if it was, if this won you the game, it would be a problem. And if it was easier to assemble, then it might be a problem. But you do have have to to keep It's seven, mana, if I remember right, six, I think. But you have to keep the little one alive. And then get right. this one to resolve. Um, and you're probably only doing it if you're losing. So you have to be losing, but also have access to this to be able to execute the combo. So it's it's a crummy it's crummy that it's available, but I don't think it's gonna come up often enough that Wizards is gonna do anything about it.
1: Well, it's eight mana, so I guess eight, seven I mana guess. after you you got the, the other creature in play. I sure let let's find out if you're right. Um, I am just really not sure like what the hell i i don't know um just what the hell
0: there's no to to me it feels much more of a embarrassment that they let it in rather than it is going to be a problem
1: yes i'm i'm just wondering how it got past
0: people listen that was like Fourteen cards within rage. That would take so long to read. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, you are you are right about that.
0: Alright, what's uh <laughs> what's next on her list here, Cliff? Uh, next up is Thorncaster Sliver.
1: Uh the five mana uh, rare from Magic twenty fourteen has gone from about two bucks to around six because uh slivers are awesome yet again. And this is the one, uh, whenever a sliver attacks, a sliver you control attacks, it deals one damage to any target, creature or player. And the the foils are at um, $6, and that seems, it might retract by a buck or two, but uh, every sliver thing that goes on just makes all the slivers sweet again. And uh, I think red is one of the best colors for slivers, now that we have um, the red-white flying hasty sliver. But it doesn't matter, because you'll always play one of the... You have four choices for a legendary sliver now, and they're all five colors. And if you like a sliver deck, then you get down with your bad self.
0: You have even more than that right now with Morontron, which is actually a really solid Oh my Jesus. Are we going to go through this
1: every single time? Like, now we have to say there's only one f- five-color legend, except for Morophon.
0: Well... Oh. I pointed out uh, because he's actually really good with spl- slivers because a lot of slivers have it's uh, not as, No, co- it's not have, as good as sliver overlord. You
1: just sliver overlord is should and should always be the sliver commander. It finds all the other slivers. It goes and finds more fun for you.
0: My thought was just, the well, that's true. I didn't say it was better than the other ones. He seems like a, a reasonably legitimate choice because you can build a deck with slivers who have virtually no colorless mana in their mana costs.
1: All right, I'll give you that one.
0: That's my that's thought. True. And then you can end up with a situation where you're like, wow, okay, so like I can just play my entire deck at once.
1: That sounds fun. I'll give you that.
0: But then again, um, why would you not play Cascade Sliver? Because that just sounds so much more interesting anyways.
1: Oh, cuz i mean i'm i'm all for randomness i'm i'm exactly that guy so he got me there he got me there
0: <laughs> um so after that plague engineer this is the modern horizons anti tribal card they were not trying too hard to suppress tribal uh, tribal themes uh or to give to give an out to tribal uh but i guess they felt like they had to do something uh it, foils were like 10 bucks to 30 so a pretty big jump but I, I'm just not clear why, right? Like, what what caused this? I don't. I can't imagine somebody played this unless it's in some really weird combo deck. Um, and I don't think it's really going to be that relevant anywhere else. Uh, people generally don't rush to build anti to build like anti tech cards into EDH. Those aren't a big thing.
1: Well, what would I? I can't imagine. My first thought is Sapperlings. Like I'd always want to name Sapperlings, but I guess I could name uh, soldier tokens or something. It seems like an anti token measure. But you can do better, and uh, I did have my eye on this as something I thought was under-costed at 10, but at 30, I want no part of it. It's not legendary, so you can play multiples, and it's not really good against humans because they're going to lay down a Reflector Mage, and then they're going to play their Hierarch, and then play the Thalia's Lieutenant, and then you're just going to look at your Plague Engineer and feel really dumb that you paid $30 for this card, you're playing it in Modern, you sided it in, and it is gonna do squat.
0: Well, the noble hierarchs, human, right? You can hit that. Yeah, hat. you might kill the human right away
1: if they didn't play a lieutenant early on.
0: Right, right, right. If they didn't
1: go hierarch into uh, captain into lieutenant, and then you're gonna kill one lieutenant that's already done its thing.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's
1: true. It's <laughs> gonna make it's a lot of feel bads, man. It's a lot of feel bads.
0: Uh okay. Then Crashing Footfalls. Oh, I'm really glad that this is this week, so I don't have to listen to James talk about it. Crashing Footfalls, non-foils. A dollar to like three bucks and change. Uh, He was really high on this card Um, during our M20 review. Both Dan Fournier and I were more lukewarm on it. And I want to stress that I had never said it was, like, bad. I just said it was fine. I thought it was a fine, like, middle-of-the-road type card. You would see maybe some John. You'd see it with Bloodbraid Elf. You might see it with Ancestral Vision. Or, uh, I'm sorry, As Told and those types of things. But I didn't think it was going to re- revolutionize the format. And given that there are, like, seven Modern Horizons cards on here, it seems it's not, like... It's the only one from the set to jump. But it has done pretty well. And if you jumped in with um with James, I think he paid, I don't know, 75 cents or a dollar, you're in pretty good shape. Bylas, uh, I mean, if we're talking about three bucks, 350 for copies, I think buy lists are likely in the dollar fifty to two dollar range, which is pretty solid. So I uh you can hang on to these if you are a true believer. there's a lot of competition in this set. I don't know if I'm eager to hang on too long. Um but you know, if you can buy these for two bucks and then get a bonus on top of that, or even get two dollars with the bonus, I think that's probably a pretty good out.
1: I'd have to say so. If you if you made the effort to get in at the seventy five cents, you're even if it does grow again, um, you can take your profit and move on. You know, let somebody else endeavor for that last ten or twenty percent. Uh, if you got in cheap, go ahead and get out uh, with our blessing. And if you are thinking about getting in, uh, you can still get some like nearly two
0: buck copies on eBay. It looks like. Okay, so you're not priced out if you want to go that route.
1: Yeah, plus we're still opening it, so uh, keep that in mind too. Um, will you uh, rate your surprise level if at Christmas time this is a seven fifty card seven dollars fifty cents?
0: Surprised enough that I will be refusing to come on the show
1: he will be that insufferable fair
0: no i i I just i i i don't know it it would it would surprise me i just i can't see a world where modern where this where i don't know what modern looks like that this card is that good i mean like modern horizons as the in price index would have to be like six hundred dollars for this card to be seven bucks
1: that's also a very good point
0: uh all right what's after that
1: after that, we have Mercy Killing from Shadowmoor. The foils have gone from about 2 bucks to nearly $10. Uh, I don't know why. <clears throat> I have, I didn't see a new deck with it. Uh, if somebody was streaming with it and made sacrificing a creature to make a bunch of other things look good, is it good with Hogak? Is that what's going on?
0: I, I don't... It doesn't seem like a stretch, too. I mean, you're going to get eight more creatures, and you can immediately convoke it back. Uh, oh, God. Is that the idea? I don't
1: know. That Look, I think everything is a Hogak card now. So Just
0: is, It's Hogak all the way down? Yeah. <laughs> uh, wait, okay, hold on. Let me read this a little closer here. So we're looking at Mercy Killing. Mercy Killing.
1: Yeah, uh, Target so Creature Controller sacrifices it, then creates X, 1, 1, green and white elf tokens, where X is that creature's power. And it's an uncommon, too. So,
0: so you can target yourself with it, Choose yes. to sacrifice Hogak, put yes. that eight elves in the play, Correct. and then immediately convoke Hogak back in the play. With, so with that's not, more tokens, yeah. That's not terrible, but, like, is it enough that you're willing to, like, put make slots in your deck for this? Ugh, that, that I seems... don't know that this is a
1: Hogak card. That's my guess. So right. Uh, everybody who immediately knows and is yelling at your podcast app, why don't you people know what's going on? Please just you know drop us a line, let us know. James yeah. at mtgprice dot com.
0: Yeah, it, it's also a shadow more foil, so like it could have just been a strong breeze moved to the price. So let's not think too hard True. on it. True. All right, uh, what do you got for us after Mercy, Killing?
1: Next up, uh, Lightning Elemental foils for this Modern Horizons rare have gone from a little under five to twenty two dollars. Uh, it looks like a lot of fun. I mean, you're adding uh, Lightning Elemental is a card I like more. Uh, what's the new combo though? I'm not
0: sure. So there, do you, are you familiar with the Dreadhorde Arcanist? Yes. Okay, so it's basically Dreadhorde Arcanist, but for creatures instead. So when you attack with him, you he's a one-two, and when you attack with him, you can reanimate oh, a creature with,
1: oh, look at is like
0: the same or less. and And it
1: has okay okay i see yeah
0: so you like turn one you faithless looting turn two you play that guy and he's got haste right so you attack with him got haste which then immediately reanimates the lightning skull mental you put into the graveyard so now you're attacking with this guy and lightning skull mental and it doesn't exile the lightning skull mental either if i believe so you can keep doing it it doesn't exile it what the hell and then, like, turn three, you can, you know, if somehow your creatures are still alive, you can, I don't know, choose to make them discard any possible card that could answer your nonsense and then just keep doing it. Oh,
1: my lord. This is... Why does it not... Never mind. I'm, I'm tired of asking, like, the whys. Uh, it doesn't do any good. But, uh, yeah, foils. I don't think foils will hold at this price. Uh, this feels like a 15-ish foil, maybe 10 but uh the the newness is giving it a real bump and I would get out pretty hard at this price
0: it does feel like we don't have a we're not exactly sure where the modern horizons foils are going to land at the moment um, and i agree that you know 20 some odd dollars is is pretty ambitious but i, I wouldn't be surprised to see them at like eight to 10 is my gut my, you know my, my gut feeling and that's if it's only like a fringe player if it ends up being the real deal uh then we could get the 20.
1: Like, uh, if we start seeing this as a, a four of in, in Jun decks, like Blightning was once upon a time, then uh, uh well, standard Jun, not modern Jun. So huh, we'll we'll see.
0: The the real tech here is going to be playing this with uh, what is that card? Oh God, I should look this up. The Grixis one, the Grixis Sidrax Specter, right? That's a three 2 when it damages a player, they discard a card and it has on earth for two. So you like play that. And I remember reading an article by Flores a million years ago where he's like, this is basically another lightning because you pay three for it. They use a lightning bolt to kill it so they don't get hit by it, which means they're down a card and so are you. And then you unearth it and attack, and you get through for your three damage, and they discard the card. And then it's gone. So you took the lightning bolt plus one additional card out of their hand. You did three damage to them, uh, and you did it for five mana instead of three mana. So it's like essentially another blightning. So if blightning was ever good, you'd like you have that blightning, you have this card which is blightning, you have actual blightning. You got a lot of options if that's the road you want to take.
1: Now, if you really want to get crazy, um, a friend of mine used to have a, a Sandstalker deck with Teferi's Veil, which is an enchantment where af- at the end of combat, it, a creature phases out. So uh-huh. it'll, it'll deal its damage if it's not blocked. And then if it, if they don't, it'll just like phase out and then come back for the next turn. But they're never going to put Teferi's Veil in the modern. Uh, you know what? Let's never say never. Let's never say never. <laughs> uh, what's next on the list, Travis.
0: Um, then it's Clash of Realities, uh, which yeah, it, no one knew what uh, alpha status was, and they sure as hell don't know what Clash of Realities is. So, foils, it's from Betrayers of Kamigawa. Foils are a dollar and change to nine bucks. So, this is a four mana enchantment that says when spirits come into play, uh, they deal three damage to a non spirit creature, uh, and all non spirits have, when they come into play, they do three damage to a spirit. So this is a really weird enchantment. So whenever any spirit comes into play, it bolts a non-spirit. And whenever a non-spirit comes into play, it bolts a spirit. Which, I thought this card would would have been in like the new standard, like, uh, spirits decks. But now I'm less sure of this. (laughs) Uh, I I, I have no idea, man.
1: Uh, is this like, it's a red card and the, the modern deck is a band spirits deck. I guess we can get to with uh cavern of souls and, um, Oh no, wait, you can't even use cavern of souls. Like, this is an enchantment. It's not a spirit. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, gotta get, it's got some creepy ass art. I'll give it that.
0: This has gotta be, I'm just going to mark this up to an aberration unless somebody tells us, tells us otherwise.
1: All right. Um,
0: Following that is Sigarda's Aid. Sigarda's <laughs> Aid is a uh, the one mana enchantment. Um, aura and equipment spells have flash, and when an equipment enters the battlefield under your control, you can attach it to a creature you control. So this is pretty sick. Gives all your equipment flash, and then immediately attaches it to creatures when it comes into play. It's only one mana. Um, I'm pretty sure, possibly both you and I have talked about this in the past. I
1: I know I have picked this card in the past. I just don't remember when. Okay. And I got to go look through my boxes and see, because if, uh, you know, it, this is the spike, and uh, it's time to move out.
0: I wonder if I have any of these. I feel like I don't, but I don't know. But, I mean, it's an Eldritch Moon fo- foil. Uh, it was only a matter of time before this jumped. So it's It's got a couple years on it. I think that... Uh, if you have them, now is the time to be selling them. They might climb a little bit, but I'm not too eager about that.
1: No, I'm I'm gonna get out. I mean, you're. I, what are you hoping for? Fifteen. Uh, this is also a card that screams out, "Reprint me" in the next equipment themed commander deck. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm not gonna be holding any as soon as I get a chance to go through my stuff.
0: I think I bought three for about two dollars each two years ago. That appears to be the sense of my collection. I am to have to dig them out.
1: I believe I picked it somewhere around the end of uh, Eldritch Moon. I was like, "This is a card that eventually is going to get broken." Yeah. And here we are.
0: It doesn't. It doesn't have to. Be, it doesn't even have to be broken. It's just good. It's just useful. If you want to play equipment, it's hard to come up with. It. I mean, the biggest problem with equipment for me is the for me for me personally i don't know what your problem with it the, the, the biggest problem with equipment <laughs> is you have to pay to equip the damn thing like the f- upfront cost always feels fair and then you're like i have to pay for this again and this just gets rid of that which yeah. uh which is pretty nuts um, uh,
1: people are trying real hard to make this the turn that you're going to have a selesnia infect now so that you can turn one glistener elf turn two uh you can play cigar Aid, and then lay down the new hammer and just uh, dome somebody up with infect. Congratulations, good game. You <laughs> thought your whole funny. deck was fast enough, and it's not.
0: That's kind of funny. Uh, infect has definitely gotten some new tools, and I don't know. I, I'm like reluctant to think that any of them are good enough, but <laughs> uh, uh, maybe. I'm starting to wonder. Starting to wonder.
1: Well, we get to find out the fun way.
0: Yep. All right. What do we got? Uh, what do we got following that?
1: Next up, we, has, we have a uh, Fertilid. The foils from Battlebond have gone from a dollar to around six. Um, it's a super popular card. It's good in um, counters decks. It's good in ramp decks. Um, there's only the second foil, and uh, it's also an elemental, so it's got all these synergies coming together at once. Uh, it's, it's been picked before. I think you did a while ago. It sounds familiar. But uh, yeah, if you've got them, I I would be selling these too. These were always commons, right? I don't think these have ever even been uncommon.
0: Uh yes, I believe that is correct. I don't think they were ever uh uncommons. They uh, are. They were, they were
1: uncommon in Battle Bond, but they've only been foil in Morningtide, Tide, uh, which is the last one of the whole Lorwyn uh, block, and now Battle Bond. So two relatively small sets and even being a common in one and uncommon in other, the foils are not that easy to find.
0: Yeah. Okay. So this is this is only a matter of time. I mean it's just it's so good in EDH how could you not, right? It's
1: pretty fun, especially you got stuff that's adding extra counters.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um following Fertilid Aria Flame, this is uh suddenly showing up in modern um, is it Phoenix decks I notice are are starting to play this. This is the new enchantment for modern horizons that it gives your opponents 10 life when it comes into play but then it does more and more damage with the more spells you play so you can overcome this i think it's like three spells is your break-even point
1: uh four spells is where no four spells is where you break even because you get plus one plus two plus three and then plus four so that's the 10 so the fifth spell gives an extra five damage to a player or planeswalker so the phoenix decks can do this relatively easily especially if they're playing uh, the gut shot version
0: yeah i mean you can do that in a turn like a turn especially if you have like monomorphos right like yep. you're it's it is not hard to play four or five spells in a single turn and not even have that many fewer cards in your hand than when you started the turn possibly even more um so also worth no mentioning that it, it's finding a home there
1: it doesn't have to be in the same turn either you put counters on the enchantment so if you do three spells in one turn and then two spells the following turn then you're dealing the extra five. Hmm. Hmm.
0: I think this, I think, is, uh, is probably going to be really good there because it gives those decks another vector of attack, right? Like, it sets them up to, you have to worry about, uh, you have to worry about, is it Phoenix and that strategy, but you also have now have to deal with this enchantment that could just kill you if you don't deal with it really quickly. Um, it, which is... So, It gives every spell like grape shot.
1: Basically, every spell has a grape shot stapled on.
0: So it's a it's a little slow, I think, in some regards, but it gives the deck inevitability that it otherwise is generally lacking. Or Mm. should I say it gives you another vector of attack that is going to make your opponents annoyed trying to deal with it?
1: I like I like annoying my opponents.
0: It's true. There you go. This is the card for you. Um, Yixla Jailer uh, non-foils out of Future Sight, uh, like 50 cents to five bucks. Only in Future Sight, if I recall correctly. And this is uh, Hogak. Hate Bear. It is a two mana creature. Creatures in graveyards lose all abilities. So get out of here, Hogak.
1: Yep. Uh, An uncommon in Future Sight has some kind of weird gateway promo um is showing up in my search but i can't find any specifics oh this on
0: might it. have been like the european thing or something like that
1: something like that anyhow um you know future sign uncommons not that many of them running around and uh if you go into whatever you have that uh any old boxes and dig out some uncommon versions uh cash them in uh do you think hogat gets banned
0: i think bridge from blow does that's my guess Oh really? You think you're going to go that way? Yeah, I think I don't think they want to get rid of either of the new cards they just introduced to the format. I think they would rather go after Bridge from Below, which is in every problematic deck, and um, by that that you basically get to go back and say, okay, Bridge from Below has been a part of it. every time dredge has been a problem. This card has been in it. Uh, you guys have had your time to enjoy bridge from below. We want to let <laughs> give the new card, some room to breathe. So we're going to get rid of bridge and let those exist for a little while.
1: Okay. That's, that's pretty logical. I like that. I like that.
0: Cause um, otherwise they have to ban a car, ban cards that they just put into the format. And then they're not going to be eager to do that.
1: Well, I mean, I, I like having Phyrexian altar in, no, wait, not Phyrexian altar. Um, no, it was Phyrexian, the, the mill altar, right?
0: Uh, Oh, now you got me confused. Frexian
1: altar adds the mana.
0: Yeah. Altar dementia.
1: Altar dementia. Thank you. Um, I like having that in there so that you can instantly win when you make infinite creatures in some way. Um, but Branding Bridge probably does get there. I, I, I like that. We'll see if you're right. I would not bet against that.
0: At all. <laughs> all right. So our last card of the week, Cliff, uh, what do you got?
1: Last one, uh drum roll please, Zendikar's Royal. Uh this was a rare, right?
0: Uncommon. Uh, it
1: was uncommon, that's right. Uh so it's a five mana enchantment out of uh, Magic Origins. So it was. it's started out about two bucks and it is somehow listing at forty dollars. Uh it has Landfall uh put a two two elemental into play, right?
0: Uh yes, I believe so, yes. Yeah, so it's I refuse good. to look. <laughs> it's good with all the elemental stuff we've got going
1: on. Uh, this is probably not a real price. If you can get, uh, a lot of money for your foil copies of Zendikar's Royal cash them in, just go for it. Don't feel bad at all. Take your money, yeah. do something nice with it. Buy a nice dinner, whatever.
0: Yeah, it does. It makes, it makes, uh, two, two elementals noteworthy, uh, on landfall. So it's, it's fine. I actually, I used to play it in my get Rock deck, um, to try and give all of my land shenanigans sort of a different vector. Right. I didn't really care for it. It was kind of slow. 5 mana is a lot of mana to pay for it and unless this is your win condition, it didn't feel like it was enough. Um I have a feeling this is a pretty hard spec play rather than suddenly there's a ton of people looking to buy this. So, I mean, it's definitely not a $40 foil uh if it was a two bucks before it might be five now i that's really as high as i'm willing to give this credit for
1: i was thinking seven uh considering uh elementals and people not thinking about things before they press the buy button but yeah i'm with you
0: i agree all right segment two our cards to watch cliff uh why don't you get us started what are you thinking this week
1: All right, this week, my first pick is Fabricate. Uh, You've got two choices on foils for this uncommon. You've got M10 or Original Meriden. Uh, I'm focusing on M10 because I don't like the Meriden foiling. I'm that guy.
0: Uh, Right now, they're around. I talk about it every week, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right now, you can get them for about $15. Uh, With all the artifact decks running around, this is the best tutor for one. You just pay two and a blue and go get the artifact you want there were no near mint foils when i checked on this a couple days ago there's still none now and uh i this is due to just pop up in price Uh, if you can find some near mint foils uh, under 20 i'd probably be a buyer
0: wow this is uh this is really good i'm definitely on board with this uh if the supply is really that low because people are going nuts for urza like like you said all the auras are All the artifacts are new again. Huh. No. Since the last sold foil was $12. And there's some LPs at like 12, but these are gone. And what is the EDH outlook for this card? Let's take a look. I mean, it can't be anything
1: but uh, outstanding. How would you not play this in an artifact deck?
0: 12,500. So very good. Yeah, this is nuts. I think um, that's real solid for sure. For sure. Thank you. I, I always
1: I appreciate it when people agree with me.
0: I mean, I immediately went looking for more foil copies. Uh, but <laughs> my, my sources are my sources are a little dry here, unfortunately. It's the, it's the the ship is probably sailed for most people, unless you find a, unless you find an angle. But yeah, if you can pay fifteen for these, these are really good.
1: Yeah, I'd be checking uh, your local stores and everything before they they get in on
0: it too. That's that. I think that's the out or that's the play as you go check your local inventory because the prices are still going to show is relatively low at most online vendors because it's the stocks out and no one's really relisted it yet. Um, but that's going to change in the near future.
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking at mine right now, but I am really into your pick as well. We seem to be on the same wavelength here, buddy.
0: Yeah, well, uh, it takes a special kind of man to look at the most popular commanders of the week on EDH Rock and just start writing cards down. (laughs) Uh, My first pick this week is uh, Psy Master Thopterist, the uh, M19 foils, which are currently about $15 or so, Um, and I like these up to probably $30. Possibly squeezing past that. Psy Thopterus is the 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 guy who came out last year, who spits out tokens for you. Whenever you cast an artifact spell, you create a one-one Thopter. It's a it's a triggered ability, so you don't have to spend mana or anything like that. Three mana, one four, kind of a pain in the ass to kill um and he has an additional ability that you can pay to and sack some artifacts and draw a card but that hardly seems to be the relevant text here it's uh, he's three mana and uh, he he rewards you for comboing off so if you play a ton of artifacts like for instance if you were to play um eggs you just get a sea of thopper tokens um (laughs) which is awesome right so if you're playing if you're playing any sort of artifact If you're playing a deck that can essentially create an infinite number of artifacts entering the battlefield or some other arbitrarily large number, he converts that into a win. He is a win condition unto himself in those decks. At the same time, he's also going to be really good in much more mid-rangey decks that have a lot of artifacts that aren't necessarily trying to just like play a zillion uh, Acre Wellsprings, but that are just going to be playing a grindy game because he's just going to keep making bodies over and over and over. So he's going to be really great at attritioning people out. Um so he's got both of those angles for him. He's wasn't seeing a lot of playing EDH prior to this, like decent, like some play, right, some play, but not a, like not like not like twelve thousand decks or anything. But now with Urza, a deck that's gonna be damn full of artifacts. The first card into the first non-artifact creature into everyone's decks is probably gonna be Psy because he's gonna make a ton of thopters, which all now also tap for blue if you're playing Urza. So there's already i mean he's 15 dollars, and that's before urza was printed basically um so this is pretty solid demand prices is, is healthy and now you're adding this extra vector of demand we're only a year out from psi i i really do think we're going to see prices hike north pretty hard on this guy
1: i agree with everything you just said and i am uh eyeballing my local game stores uh two foil copies awful hard on their online inventory
0: that probably <laughs> won't be there in a couple hours I always know we have a good cast uh, because I have gone and bought cards in the middle of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like there's like this gap in the show where there's no dialogue that I have to cut out because James and I were both like, wait a minute, this is really good. Hold on. We got to go grab a couple copies of this before we finish recording.
1: Mm. Mm. Well, Uh, let me add one more to things that I think you're going to want to buy. Uh, we mentioned slivers a bunch, but a card that hasn't yet spiked is Hive Stone, the Time Spiral rare, time uh, Time Spiral rare. Excuse me. Uh, right now, you can get them for about ten, and I think it's pretty conservative that it'll double up. Uh, this is the only printing of it. It turns everything into a sliver that you can. Is it all creatures or only creatures you control? Let me look real quick. I assume um, it's creatures you control, right? I don't know. It w- It might have been back to creatures you control. Okay, so they're all slivers, and now you can... Uh, generally, this would be used with some sort of token shenanigan. It doesn't make sliver tokens, but now all your tokens are slivers, and you can uh, just choose whatever shenanigan you want to do with those. And uh, you have a good time. Uh, foil, the Foils seem like a, a pretty easy double up, and I wouldn't be surprised if they went higher, but I'm going to stick with just a double. As people say, "Holy crap! Why aren't I doing this?"
0: Um, I see you've got it listed at ten. Where did you find these at ten bucks? Like at your local store or something?
1: Uh, that was just when I brought up on um, my happy little app. Uh, let's see what TCGs actually is.
0: Uh, well, TCGs pretty much out. Okay. They have two copies, and the cheapest one is fifteen.
1: Oh yeah, they had. I was just looking at the um, the market price. Oh, it's already up to twelve. Uh, let's see, what's the uh, No near mint foils? Nope. All right, well, uh, let's see. I'd be a buyer under 15. You see, let's see, uh, a near mint foil at 15 and then another one at 18. I don't think I like 18, but I do like 15, just not as much as I liked 10. What is it on eBay right now? I'm going to cut this part out as you and I go furiously buying. That's not true. I've, I've got no budget to buy. <laughs> Until, uh, like, August.
0: No, as frequent listeners are aware, uh, I'm not buying any Magic cards because I have to pay for stupid house crap. Uh, (laughs) So, most of this stuff has been postponed while I pay for all that good stuff. Uh, That's good. You're
1: accruing value in this the best ways you can. Yeah, you're right. mm -hmm. There's not a lot of... Yeah, 10 is not a thing. All right. well, um, I see one foil at $10.00 on tcg and the picture is pretty fuzzy so oh excuse me on ebay so yeah 15 ish is where i'd be and i would uh i'd still be good at 15 that means that 25 or 30 is the more likely post spike price once people notice it
0: yeah i mean they're definitely going to settle at at least 20 probably 25 i mean time spiral is real short supply these days so theoretically even a little higher i'm i will tell you that you know to be as pragmatic as possible i'm i'm a little lukewarm because i I don't know exactly who wants to play hive stone is the problem and it's the same issue i have with like conspiracy and the other blue enchantment that makes the yeah yeah because it's sort of like all right so the whole you're ideally you want all of your creatures to be the same type but apparently you have creatures that aren't that type that you want to match. So now you're playing those creatures that aren't that right type, but then you play this card to make them that type. And it just seems like if you draw this card but not those creatures, then you're not doing anything. And if you draw those creatures but not this card, it's not really doing what you want. So you have to draw both in tandem. And then is, it, is that circumstance... Are, they, are those cards worth their weight even in that circumstance? That's my concern, but that only stops people who care if their cards are good and <laughs> not if their cards have the word sliver printed on them. Yes. like And yes. Adaptive Automaton or Automation or whatever it was uh, is in like 15,000 EDH decks or something. So clearly being good is not a prerequisite to selling these cards.
1: Thank you for that stirring recommendation after your... Uh unbridled joy earlier i see i have now triggered both extremes in you i appreciate
0: that <laughs> i said on you know i've definitely said it before that a card doesn't have to be good people just have to want to play it uh and being good helps but is not mandatory so
1: mm, i want that on my on my business card being good helps but isn't mandatory
0: yep That's it's good. uh it's That's a good. it's a more modern interpretation of the classic better lucky than good <laughs> uh <laughs> which I tell my opponents in racquetball every time I make a good shot. Um, All right, my second pick for the week is uh, sticking with with creatures and creature types and all that good stuff is one that I know a lot of people out there have discussed before, and I don't care. I'm taking my turn with it. Uh, Helm of the Host. Helm of the Host is currently foils out of Dominaria are about 14 bucks. This card is in 7,500 EDH Reckless right now. 7,500, uh, it is more popular than pretty much all of the other cards in the other sets adjacent to Dominaria. So if you look backwards at other sets that came out roughly the same time and forwards from sets that came out roughly the same time, the only set that seems to have any cards anywhere near as popular of Helm of the Host is Ixalan, which had the um, the flip cards like Growing Writes of Itlamic. Um, those are a little more popular, but Helm of the Host is a standout in popularity. Uh, like I said, foils at fifteen right now. Supply is low. There are pff, maybe maybe twenty-ish copies below twenty dollars, um, and then it jumps up to you know twenty-three, and then they're gone. Um, so. I think that these have proven themselves time and time and again to be quite popular. I don't see a reprint, especially a foil reprint, on the horizon anytime soon. Uh, and given just how many people have picked up this card already, I fully expect it to be a thirty-plus dollar card, possibly this year.
1: No, I I agree. This um, I think you're right. Everybody has picked this card at some point, and that's because the card's fantastic. And even though it's uh, four to play and five to equip. It doesn't matter because it's awesome, and we have no limit of uh entering the battlefield. Uh, triggers that we want to abuse. The legendary creatures aren't legendary anymore. There's just nowhere to go but have fun with this card. And I I agree with you. It's a, a good Dude, pick.
0: Just play it with Cigarda's aid, and it's problem solved. It is. Say that about a lot of things. Well, that's Um, true. Like that hammer.
1: That hammer. I mean, you're you're hearing hammer time in your head, right?
0: Yeah, I am now. Good, good. That is as it should be. And unfortunately for MC Hammer, I don't have to pay royalties on that, which he so desperately needs. What do you mean, don't have to pay royalties on it? If I think it in my head, I don't have to pay him for it.
1: Oh, okay. So now that everybody that is listening to this is playing it in their head, then we
0: can move on. Did you did you know that he's like super broke?
1: I all I knew about him was that he's a he turned into a minister.
0: Yeah, he he lost like all of his money. He was in real dire straits, I think. Uh he lived the 90s one-hit wonder life pretty hard and never really went anywhere else after it. Uh I want to say he was like parking cars or something at one point. Another one of those sort of lost to the wow, annals of time type thing.
1: I I always like I'm always mystified by such things. But let's move on to my last pick, so we can actually uh, get back to what we need to do. Um, Sorcerer's Spyglass. I'm in for foils the, you can find foils for about ten dollars right now. Uh, there are only 15 near mint foils on TCG Player. Most of them in the ten to twelve range, and uh, this card is all over the place in Vintage and Legacy, and somewhat in Modern. It's also very popular in the Karn sideboards to go deal with whatever problem you're afraid of or currently dealing with. and uh, it's just seeing too much play in those older formats to stay at ten dollars for very long.
0: Yeah, this is solid. You're looking at foils at 10. I mean I you can grab you can grab them on TCG at seven. So that's a pretty solid price. Um, there's not a lot of them at seven, but they're there. Uh, I uh,
1: before I left for LA I cashed in uh my last sixty dollars on Card Kingdom for six of these in Boil.
0: Okay. Uh yeah, it's pretty solid. Um and I like you know you see it in the lanternless decks, you see it in some of the Karn decks, so there's a couple different strategies that want access to this. It's a really uh really decent sideboard card. You can even hit um alter dementia with it, right? You can yeah. lock it there. So it, it does some work for you uh, and supply looks looks low-ish um, probably not the type of card they're gonna be in too much of a rush to reprint for the most part so it seems like this is is slated to move and you know if you're getting in at seven uh, then yeah I definitely I think like f- 14 or 15 uh, on the horizon is very fair
1: yeah I'm um, uh, I was content to be the last place I put that leftover store credit
0: sure um, all right, I'll wrap up this week with a rare third pick. Uh, I'm gonna go with Vanquisher's Banner. Banner, Vanquisher's Banner um, out of Ixalan. Uh, foils are about eight bucks right now. I like them up to about fifteen or so. There are over ten thousand decks that boast Vanquisher's Banner in EDH this is the only card. Remember how I said, uh, home of the host was like basically the most popular card within several sets on either end aside <laughs> from one or two. This was w- the only card. This was the most popular card of the cards, more popular than Helm of the host. This was the most popular one that I found, um, by, by a fairly wide margin. It's, obviously absurdly tribal it's uh you choose a creature type they get one one and you draw a card whenever you play one of those creatures so like just generically good uh this card with first sliver is kind of insane right like (laughs) you cast a sliver which means you draw a card but then you cascade and you cast the other ones and you keep drawing cards like vanquisher's banner with first sliver just seems like you could theoretically cast your whole deck or like every creature in your deck yeah that seems. Uh, which is real fun it's real yeah. fun but there's a tribal theme in modern horizons we're getting a little bit of tribal in magic 20 2020, 2020. so i like that um again supply is not super deep there's 25 vendors with near foils on tcg the cheapest is about 750 eight bucks uh and then a lot of onesie twosies a one or two play sets one guy with eight and then they're gone and um uh, you know, and even then, so you're looking at maybe, what, 40 copies before you hit $15 a piece. So just given how popular this is and the recent surge of tribal interest, uh, this is another just sort of like not crazy, not sexy, not exciting, but solid and sure to have interest backing it.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I think I've written about this at some point in the last, couple, last year or two. Um, I know I have bought foils of this for uh, I always end up making tribal decks. I can't seem to stop myself because I, I just love being synergistic. And I think this is my favorite tribal card aside from Kindred Discovery. So uh, I'm, I'm all for lots and lots of Vanquishers banners in, uh, in your spec box.
0: OK, I mean, it's even good. It's like it's just solid if you're not doing anything stupid with it. And then if you have like first sliver, it's even dumber. Yeah, it,
1: I like how it starts at good and there's nowhere to go except to
0: crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although that might just be more about how absurd Vanquishers banter uh, for sliver is than anything else. Fair,
1: fair point. You can rarely go wrong with that.
0: Okay, so let's move on uh, to segment three. Mega game, not really mega game, Metagame game. I have to save mega game for a big week meta game we can review there's a modern mcq there's been a couple modern events the last couple days so the modern mcq is the most recent one um one by jund which kind of caught my attention i mean how often do you see Jund these days um, and not a particularly exciting or wild build either. Um, you know, your kind of standard Creature Suite, uh, Bloodbraid, Dark Confidant, Goy, blah, blah, blah. Um, it did have two-season Pyromancer, uh, which I actually wrote about on Monday. I think that's a, a pretty spicy card to keep your eye on, too. Um other also than had, that, no-
1: had two of the uh, two-mana Planeswalker, too, because it is real easy to get value out of Ren and Six.
0: Yes, and if we're talking about decks that are in the market for just generating a ton of value off of their cards, it's John and it's Ren and Six, right? That seems like a great pairing.
1: Yeah, I was uh, a little surprised they didn't have more um, whatever the Escalate card is. You discard it, collective Brutality, because that seems like Uh a great thing to do with Ren and Six. But really, just Fetches plus Ren and Six is really hard to argue with because it's immediately getting up in value and you're you're going to get the awesome uh, retrace ability. So um, I love it. Uh, I love anything with, uh, especially with Pyromancer because now you're discarding lands for value and getting mm-hmm. some tokens and oh, just the synergies are all over the place.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and doesn't it? Uh, yeah, and then you've got Liliana, the last hope who also gives a creature minus Two minus one. So, like, if you manage to get red in six, if you like, turn one thought sees them and take Whoa. away one of their early pressure, and then you run in six so that you can start needling things for one if you need to, and then you have Liliana the Last Hope so you can needle things if you have to, um, and like go after two toughness creatures, and that's just gonna annoy the hell out of everyone. People, yeah. Um, two two Hogonks, uh, which is you know at this point to be expected. Seems like they've got that deck pretty smooth i mean this is every non-land card in the main deck is a four of say for a single lightning axe it would seem they just they know what they want <laughs> they're, they're on that plan um very straightforward uh i already said i think they're gonna ban bridge from below is there i mean did you see anything here in these results that that really jumped out at you
1: Um, I'm clicking through them and I don't see, I see a lot of, uh, collector oofs in the sideboards, which is, uh, which makes sense. You know, it's the, um, stony silence hate bear for decks that aren't running white. Um, there was the, uh, mid range blue white deck that, uh, splashing just a touch of black. It looks like for, um, Jailer. And Collected brutality, but uh, nothing too new going on. Uh,
0: yeah, I I saw. You know, if you poke around, you'll find some archmage Archmage's charm. Uh, one of the other modern events had a uh, a Kiki. One of the Kiki Jiki decks. The the Splinterless Twin style deck. Um, <laughs> had I think it was three Archmages Charm Archmages Charm and four cryptic commands. That's a lot so- of blue it is, but I mean, it was, it's just blue, red, when it's essentially just blue and they're playing all like most of their creatures are, are instant speed too. Like their deceiver exarchs and Pestermites mites and stuff like that. So like, they're just passing with mana up every turn and you have no idea which spell they're going to play. And they just get to make all the decisions. Um, certainly a higher skill ceiling on that, I think than usual, but uh, you know, so people are using the charm there. You'll, Oh, the force of negation is popping up here and there as well. It's not everywhere but you are seeing it sneak into some of these decks.
1: Um, the Affinity deck had two gear per Aether grid in the sideboard. Uh, that's a card I know I've written about in the past. Is just like the, the, the alternate win condition for these heavy artifact decks. Uh, none of these have the um, black force, which uh, given the level of shenanigan that the Hogak decks can get to in a single turn, is one of the ways that you can sideboard against it, whether you want to do this or Ixid Jailer. Uh, there's this. These are also options for how to deal with 50 power on turn two or whatever dumb number it gets to.
0: Yep. Yep. The, we haven't really seen any of the other wishes sn- or uh, not wishes. Forces, forces sneak into modern so far. Right. Like I haven't seen, I don't think I've seen anything other than the blue one. I'm sure that they exist. You know, someone's playing that green one, but I haven't really seen much of it.
1: Well, the only the, the black and blue, the blue one is clearly the most relevant. Uh, the, the black one is going to be real niche sideboard tech, uh, the green one too. But since you can't even do the green one to deal with Karn and Microsynth Lattice, it's just like, what's what's even the point? Why am I going to yeah. two for one? You, you're you not necessarily, if you can kill two things, then great. But generally you need to kill like the one artifact. So Ancient Grudge is probably going to be better in most any setting you care to name.
0: Yeah, there's the one, you know, against like the Lanternless decks, I can see playing, you know, you might want to have multiple targets. But I, I agree that a lot of times there's just the one artifact that you really want to hit and you'd rather not put yourself like way behind in order to do it.
1: One thing that uh, I was looking for that I didn't really see—only um, the the Jund deck that won it all—excuse ha- <clears throat> me, had one of the new Canopy lands, the black green one, and yeah. I don't see a lot of other ones. I thought the Is it Phoenix deck would have been playing more, but it it's only playing two, and uh, you know you see a, a one or two up here, and I I would have thought it would be a lot more popular.
0: So I, maybe- I think that. I think that is it Phoenix deck wants to hit its land drops. Like, I, I think that they're, you know, they're trying to play a lot of spells at a time. They have a fair bit of card draw. Uh, you know, they want to be putting lands in the play and keeping things moving. So I I, I don't know. It doesn't may, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm off base. But that's sort of like my gut reaction when I see that. I think that I, you know, as we look through these lists, I'm not seeing strategies that would make use of them you know i'm not seeing a lot of red aggro or um, small white creature decks you know they're there's they're peppered in here but there's just not that much so uh overall i'm not surprised given the metagame makeup that we're not seeing that many of them because you know horizon canopy has been popular um since it was printed of course but it was only still only popular in the aggressive decks. It wasn't like everyone running green white wanted, right? Or maybe everyone running green white did want it, but people only ran green white when they were playing an aggressive deck.
1: Well, uh, a Ren and Six deck makes this makes those uh, those canopy lands much 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 more tasty.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm sure somebody got both of those in a draft and was just cackling with delight.
1: (laughs) I've I've seen that draft happen, and yes, cackling is an appropriate word to use.
0: Uh, Anything else jump out at you from these lists, Travis? No, my overall impression from this was that it was relatively mundane. Um, We're getting a a pretty – overall, it seems like Modern Horizons is having a a pretty good – a pretty wide impact on the format, but fairly shallow. So when, what I mean by that is you're not seeing tons of new strategies come out of the woodwork and like an entire archetype standing up because of modern horizons, which is kind of what we were expecting a little bit going into all this. Instead, you're seeing all these different decks gain a tool or two to see the impact the the way that it handles the metagame just sort of shift a little bit. Uh, You know, some Force negations here, some Archmage's Charms there, uh, and, you know, some Ren and Sixes and Jum, that type of thing. Now, Hogak, you know, is sort of the exception to this because that kind of built up its own version of Dredge overnight. But, you know, we figure that – not even sure that's going to stay around. Um, But overall, I think they probably – it feels like they did a really good job with this. It was announced that there we can talk about the differences, but not so much that it looks like a new format.
1: Yep. And it'll be a new format again when uh, some kind of ban happens. I don't. I don't think they can leave it like this, right?
0: Well, I don't know. I mean, Hogak has only been out for like what two weeks, three weeks. All right. It's it's, it's fair, pretty new. Fair point.
1: Now, fair point.
0: And I and I say this only because I remember when um, the uh, uh, crud, I can never remember these card stupid names. Death Shadow decks first hit modern. And people were freaking out about it, and were saying it needed to be banned, whatever. And then, you know, that was like six months that people thought that it was it needed to be banned. And you know, we got a couple months in, and it wasn't a problem anymore. So, and now Death Shadow is just like part of the format. Um, the format seems quite good at adjusting to those types of decks, and like something has to be the best deck in the format. So it's okay if there's a great deck; it just can't be taking over and it i don't know if hogak is taking over it seems like right now it might be fine just being the best deck in the format or should i say wizards might be fine with hogak being one of the best decks in the format so long as it's not too much so
1: all right all right you you're you're talking me down off the ramparts i appreciate that (laughs) thank you voice of reason here
0: that doesn't mean they won't pull the trigger right like if people get annoyed with it they've certainly banned decks that weren't a problem in that regard eggs being primary among them
1: well eggs was as non-interactive a deck as you can get like uh i saw a dude who i don't remember who it was somebody uh cast jun charm to exile the graveyard and uh with that on the stack the eggs player was still like do this do this do this like 20 moves later he's got everything out of the graveyard lets the jun charm resolve and then continues on with the uh with his opponent basically having f6 out of it
0: yeah the problem with that one was definitely not the power level it was the annoyance factor uh but i don't think hogak is that annoying in the sense that like it just takes forever for no reason
1: well thank god hogak ends the
0: game quickly huh yes yeah pretty much (laughs) that's sort of small blessings right is the term yep oh gosh all right, well,
1: uh, then let's move on to uh, talk a little bit about some of the M20 uh, cards that have come out since we have the whole set uh, revealed now. And I'm so glad they did this before Friday. I hate writing stuff on a Thursday, knowing that they're going to reveal things that morning that my article comes out. It's like they did me this personal favor, which thanks, Wizards. Uh, I appreciate it.
0: I'm glad they're looking out for you.
1: They sure are. Um Protection is back. I thought they decided they weren't going to do protection anymore. Like, just from a color. They were going to do, like, protection from instance or hexproof from instance or whatever. So, I'm glad we we have that. Uh, Some real color hosers going on. Like, we have a new version of um, the last troll. Like, can't be countered. Pro blue, and you can give it reach, trample, or haste. Uh, Just the teferi killer is what he is
0: uh which card are you looking at which card is this one? uh
1: shifting ceratops
0: oh yes uh i do remember seeing that four mana five four can't be countered pro blue and Reach, Trample, or Haste. Yeah, that card's pretty solid. Very flexible, very flexible. The fact that he can't be bounced by Teferi is quite good. Um, so you're right. He is. I hadn't thought about that when I saw him, but that's a good point. He's a Teferi killer because he can't counter him and you can't bounce him.
1: Yeah, because Teferi is pretty annoying to deal with. Like it. Uh, I was reading, I don't remember who it was, but somebody said Reflector Mage was good enough to get banned as a 2-3 creature that bounced something. Well, now we get a planeswalker at the same mana cost where we bounce their creature or artifact or enchantment and then draw a card and the planeswalker is still there.
0: Yeah, that was uh, Sperling, I think. Was that Sperling? That sounds of, like something
1: uh, of Sperling. Th-
0: thinking of the same person I am, yeah. Yeah. Um, um I thought, I, I will tell you, I was a little bummed that uh, Villis, Broker of Blood, is rare. He is the, as I understand it, the. Th- Third, isn't he the third demon in the Liliana pact?
1: No, uh, the demons were, uh, Cothoped, Gristlebrand uh, That he's not.
0: He's not on there. Oh, it's Cothoped? Is that what it was? I. Uh, you know what? Hold on. Let's. Oh yeah, I didn't know. He's definitely one of them. Because why are in, we in guessing things art,
1: when we have the internet in
0: front of us? He he's talking to Liliana. In his flavor text, I thought there was. But it's, why would he have not been mythic
1: if uh, they just see. dropped the ball
0: on that? Um, I, in any mm-hmm.
1: case... Go ahead. Uh, let's see. It looks like um, Kothoped, Belzenlock, Razaketh, and, Lock, Bells and, Lock. and um, Gristlebrand.
0: Belzenlock was the other one I was thinking of. Yeah, he was in Dominaria, but he wasn't really that great. Uh, people aren't that excited about him. I think... It's it's I think Bell's and Lock is what uh Villis should have been. Well Villis is broken
1: as hell. I mean you can or... go ahead.
0: I it Bells I said that backwards. Villas broker of blood is what Bell's and Lock should have been. Really big demon, really powerful in keeping with Gristlebrand and uh Razakath.
1: Okay. I, I I feel you on that because this like there's a lot of stuff that makes you lose life and then you draw that many. Um, thank God Gristlebrand is banned because uh, yeah. these t- in Commander anyway because these two together is like I'm gonna pay seven life and draw fourteen.
0: <laughs> or mm-hmm. uh, that seems fine. Frankly, yeah. I don't know how I, I figure if you were paying seven and drawing seven, I that always seemed like it was good enough, which clearly it was since Gristlebrand is banned. True true so he is really good it's just the fact that he's a rare means it's going to be harder if he was a mythic i'd be real tempted to go in on foils like i did with Razaketh. but at rare it's not worth it right away anyways i'll be a little more patient on those but he is definitely going to be a popular card
1: Mm. uh let's see uh amen and hallelujah Leyline of the void is reprinted along with anticipation and sanctity like the three most expensive ley lines, mm-hmm.
0: people are happy about that. You should be.
1: Um, ley line of Abundance you know, is
0: funny. Th- those are. I'm I'm thinking probably ten to fifteen bucks on those is my guess. Uh, without having looked at the moment, they possibly could sneak even lower. It's hard to say for sure. Ley line of the um, void is
1: one of the most popular modern sideboard cards. I'd have trouble seeing it go under ten. I think ten to fifteen is is the range for it. I don't think it will stay there too long, especially if they don't ban some part of the Hogak deck.
0: Yeah, it'll definitely be short lived if it does get that low. And you're right that the fact that there's currently an obscenely powerful Dredge deck taking, you know, in Modern is definitely going to put additional pro- pressure on Leyline of the Void. But, you know, it's hard for rares to keep a price tag, even pushing $15 in Standard for the most part. That's so really Leyline of the Void would have to be like the most popular card in the set to hold that price tag. And
1: I, I don't know that that's impossible, but I'm not saying it is. Mm, let's see. What, yeah. what, what would in, be the contenders?
0: uh Well, that's a good question and that I don't really have a good feel for at the moment. I don't know. I mean, it feels like it was supposed to be the Cavaliers, but nobody's that jazzed about it.
1: Yeah. It's hard to get jazzed about five minutes dudes, even though you get all kinds of value in all kinds of ways.
0: So I think that with the Cavaliers, my expectation is there is a chance there's a there's a pretty solid chance that with like release weekend or the second weekend, it's going to turn out that like Jim Davis or, you know, one of the Star City grinders is going to have figured out that one of the Cavaliers is awesome. And that one will like double or triple in price up from like three fifty to ten bucks. If that doesn't happen, they'll all sit kind of low in like the two dollar range. Um, but I suspect they might be plans for a future Theros set, which returns to the devotion mechanic because they reward devotion pretty well. Cause they're all triple mana symbol and we don't have, uh, I, th- unless Theros is this fall, we would probably not have Ravnica in the set, which means you would lose the Ravnica like hybrid mana symbols. Although now that I say that out loud, I don't even remember if the latest Ravnicas have hybrid mana in them
1: uh recall. well um war of the spark does and war of um the spark
0: does that's what it is that's what it is ravnica
1: block is going to rotate at the same time as m20 okay okay
0: I I, so, I
1: I plug this all the time but uh what's in standard.com super duper mega handy for the the way that it's so hard to figure out what's rotating when i don't yeah, know who runs it they, but yeah
0: now that they change this the, the, the way that the standard set I used to be able to do it just by like thinking about like the sets, right? Like, okay, well hold on. This year was Theros, last year was, you know, Konsatarkeer, yeah. that me, but that's all out the window. So now it's so much harder to keep track. Yep. Um in any case, I think the Cavaliers are probably a seed for a devotion set. Okay. In which case, all of them get a lot more interesting, but it's really hard to know which ones are good. I will tell you that, like, come mid-August, if they're like in the dollar-ish or even less than that range, which is which is possible, uh, I wouldn't mind owning a stack of forty of each of them because if you get any of them right, it will pay off all the other ones and then some.
1: Okay, that is an interesting place to put two hundred bucks, but eventually, some of them will pay off. You just gotta if. Um, I, I'm talking like this. on the guy with 80 Yog Moss vile offerings sitting in a box. Um, hmm.
0: What card? Oh yeah. It's, oh the, oh yeah. The art on that is really cool. You've got that going for you. Yeah,
1: yeah. But I thought with War of the Spark coming out and lots of planeswalkers, that um, it would it it should have been a lot more in use than it
0: is. But see, Levy. Well, um, black Black isn't even seeing that much playing Standard right now, is it?
1: Not really, no. Uh, there's some Esper control decks running around. But yeah, it just
0: seems like the, like the color in general seems a little weak at the moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I could be making that up. That's just my vibe. <laughs> uh, m- meanwhile, though, I don't know if you noticed, but we got Leyline of the Void in M20, but we also got Graft Digger's Cage. So yeah. they put two serious graveyard hosers in Modern, which is, which is telling. Um, And it kind of makes you wonder if they're setting up standard for a graveyard theme, which would be interesting, especially with how good Dredge is in modern right now.
1: Well, um, after cage, it had two printings already. Um, I don't think the supply was that low. It was still an $8 card. So it's not like it needed it. But I, I see what you're saying, that they printed it not from the price perspective, but from the standard
0: needs answers perspective. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking possible possible
1: that's intriguing it's very intriguing um buying cage when it gets cheap seems like a good plan anyway um like right now there's uh let's see Grafters cage doesn't do anything against nexus of fate is there any other heavy graveyard shenanigan that we should be aware of like cards can't be the target and uh no, they can't enter the battlefield from graveyards or libraries you can't cast spells from graveyards or libraries So I'm not sure what currently it deals with. So picking these up when they like right now, since what would you think of in standard that needs Graft diggers cage as an answer?
0: Mm, Nothing really. Right. Like the standard really have that much graveyard stuff going on.
1: This, this seems like a really great card to pick up a bunch of if it hits the dollar range, $2.
0: Well, this is what I was talking about when I said, that it seems like some of the M twenty stuff could be castaways from the M H one design file. Fair. Like, like, oh, we wanted to put these in Modern Horizons or like have them available, but we don't have this. You know, we're doing the all brand new cards in Modern Horizons thing, so we can't reprint the graveyard hate cards, and we know we're giving them Hogak and or Alter of Dementia, so we'll put them in M twenty instead, so that they're hitting shelves around the same time. Uh, but we get to keep Modern Horizons fresh.
1: Okay. I, that makes sense. Uh, what else jumps out from the set?
0: Well, we what do you plants. think it's brought back?
1: Um, I don't know. what it, I don't know about bringing stuff back, but uh, Vampires? No, oh. no, no. The card brought back. Oh, it's- the double white card. The get your two yeah, fetches it- back on turn two so that you yeah. can uh, get your fetches right back into play and have five mana on turn three.
0: Yep, uh, that is that I'm is c- fascinating. So 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 the card for our listeners: it's white, white instant. Choose up the two permanent cards in your graveyard that were put there this turn. Return them to the battlefield tapped, so you can set up to trigger that. uh what God? What do you do? Do you do you two of them? Two fetches? Yeah, I'm trying to remember the, the fastest way you can do it. I think you have to set it up so that you.
1: You play your fetch turn one, you don't crack it. Turn two, you double crack for white sources. That's six life you're paying, but you're going to get those two fetches back immediately. And you can use those to get whatever colors you may need to answer whatever it is that you need to do because you took the first two turns off to do nothing. But since you can turn one, do nothing, turn two, double crack, get your uh, brought back, cast off those two lands, They got two fetch lands back in there. If you need to crack one for a basic swamp and go thought seas, uh, that might be a winner.
0: Yeah. It's, it's curious. That is curious. It's also pretty, if you have like a vote cards, maybe.
1: Hmm. Uh, I like a vote cards with that. Yes.
0: I I mean, I, I'm looking at this and I'm seeing for two mana, you get to reanimate two permanent cards. Like, yeah. They had to the, be in now, play. You can't yeah. discard them. <clears throat> yeah, that's that that that's the wrinkle, but it's a powerful effect and it's instant speed too. Hmm. I think I think that card pos- that that card feels like a uh uh crap face reward. Okay. deal. I I, I agree that like, it's a
1: card that's going to get broken at some point and whether or not like the instant double fetch is the plan. Um, I, I like this as something that's going to be probably nearly bulk price. I don't think anybody's going to immediately want to jam four of these into a deck. So if they're cheap, this is one of the things I'll want to look for. Cause even if it's not broken now, it will be eventually.
0: Yes. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, so what do you like here? Um,
1: I I'm, I'm a I'm a dragons guy, so the new dragon where when it attacks it deals four damage to any target and three damage to two other targets. Like, Oof. come on. Just come on. Um it's so bad. It's so bad. What do you mean it's bad? It's seven so, and you know what? You're right. It's a bad card until it's in play and it kills everything. You're, uh, you're exactly right those, about that.
0: I love it the, does say other, right? It just, it just it's says, good. are there other targets? <laughs> yeah, you need, you need three targets. You go four, three, three. <laughs> okay, like my three creatures that all have five toughness just don't care.
1: Well, I'm already attacking you with a 7-7 seven, seven <laughs> flying anyway, so you can just take a... I dealt 11 damage to you when I attacked. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm sorry. And how many uh, death touch hornet tokens does uh, Hornet Queen put into play? (laughs) (laughs) Is that four? That's four, right? That's enough. that's enough to eat. Enough to eat. It's enough to eat all three of those attack tar, uh, three of those damage targets, and then block it. I'm not interested in you ranting on my parade, (laughs) Travis. Hornet Queen sucks. I hate that card. That's like, a, anytime anyone casts that crap in EDH, it's like, okay, there are going to be, on average, 60 Hornet tokens created over the course of this Nobody
1: plays the card fairly, and that's also true.
0: Um, um, ba- bag of Holding is cute. Oh, it's really a, a throwback to, or a toss-out to your, your D&D players, although the card, I think, is quite bad.
1: I don't think the card is good either. There's a lot of variations on that. I think um, long-term... What do you think the most expensive card will be from the set? Does it have to be the Chandra? <sighs> like, what else would be uh, competing? It can't be one of the three-color legends.
0: Oh, by the way, Cigar aid had to be Colossus Hammer, right? Like, I know we kind of yes. mentioned that. Yes,
1: that's exactly what that is. If, if we didn't say that explicitly, that's what it is, is because there's the hammer is in here, and now um, everybody wants to have magical Christmas land where they infect somebody for 11 on turn two.
0: Yeah. You mentioned it later on while we were in the conversation. Uh, but now that I'm lo- I, I, mean, I didn't remember the stats, but it's one to play eight to equip and it gets, the creature gets plus 10 plus 10. Yep. So that's definitely right. So really you can, you get, like you said, you can turn one glistener elf, turn to cigar to Colossus hammer swing for 11. In fact, Yep. That's pretty solid. It That's is. pretty solid. Now that seems like a bit of a stretch. But.
1: It, it's Well, I mean, if you're going to, and in fact, you're always about the Magical Christmas Land. And you're going to take out two of your plus four spells for this. I, I'm unconvinced. But, you know, we we can do it in a lot of ways if we want.
0: Um, it does feel like it's probably a different deck. Yeah. like Like it's probably not that deck, but. Uh, let's see.
1: I don't think any of the legends, the mythic legends, are especially going to break anything. Um, I mean, they're they're sure value. Uh, you know, you got three mana, three three flyers, uh, three mana, three four, three mana four mana, three three. Uh, a third Omnath, who's a third color now. Uh, stupid, oh. stupid uh, Yarok, to uh double. Panharmonica on your stuff.
0: Okay, so yeah, okay, okay, here we go. I found him. Yeah, so let, let me see here. Let's let's do Yarok seems nuts, right? That yes. actually seems like it could be one of the most relevant cards in the set. Well, I just think because Panharmonicon on a body. This seems like the one people will build around the most, except for Omnath. Maybe the Kaikar? Kiker?
1: Kaikar? I don't know.
0: Yeah, so I think I think Yarok over time will be the most popular commander. Because he is in great colors and he's doing something that people want to do anyways. So he's well positioned. I think Kaikar is cool, but I see that mattering more in modern than EDH. Really? Ooh. Yeah, I get this because it feels very combo y. And it's not that people won't play it in EDH, but it just seems like you have to play a lot of cheap non creature spells. And you're getting one-one spirits out of it, which is just like nothing. I'm really eager to do in Commander, right? Like those, those are fine.
1: Yeah, well, I don't
0: want to play a bunch of one-mon instant sorceries in Commander, and a bunch of one-one spirits is only so much, uh, unless you're using it to some engine to another extent. Now in Modern, that card is is nuts. Hmm. Four mon is a little annoying, but once it's in play, it's nuts.
1: I I agree. Once it's in play, it's pretty fantastic. That's why uh, Young Pyromancer uh, is is delightful like, too.
0: What about like young pyromancer, aria Flame, and Kaikar? <laughs> and then just like nothing but like Thought Scour, Monomorphos, and like all that type uh, of crap. Just like a zillion payoffs I, for it.
1: I think trying to have anything with a a creature with no protection for itself and three toughness, like everything kills this, Travis. I I think you're trying too hard.
0: Man, Cliff, what year is it? We are way <laughs> past the dies to removal argument. The dies to removal argument died years ago. Like yep. that, that doesn't hold water anymore. All right, all right. You don't need to get p- prissy with me. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're right. You're right that it has n- it, it. It will die to most of the removal in the format. So it, it is vulnerable. And it's
1: four mana. That's that's a ton. That's cryptic command.
0: Well, I agree that it looks rough in the face of Hogat killing you on turn two. Yeah, or, in fact,
1: with, uh, you know, the hammer time.
0: All right, yeah, I don't actually think that's good, but... Um, <laughs> Kethis, do you like Kathis? Uh Which one's Kethis? Oh, the Hidden Hand,
1: uh, Obsidian colors, legendaries cost one less, Exile two, and each legendary says your your other legendaries get this. I don't... Um, Making your stuff that much cheaper doesn't seem worth having a mediocre, no immediate uh, helpful effect 3-4. I mean, what what kind of shenanigans are you going to get up to with this? I mean, just as a, well, a generic Legends commander?
0: Well, yeah. I, well, yeah. That's about it. I don't think that you're playing it in a constructed format unless there's a combo that I'm not aware Man, of. Man, this... I, I got to be
1: honest. This is not as good as... Um, uh what's it what is it? The original uh commander card that's a three four that you get to just cast a creature from your yard every turn? Yeah, that was Carador.
0: Carador, thank
1: you. Um this does not seem as good as Carador.
0: Yeah, that's probably correct. Um Omnath is very elementally Yep. I mean if you liked red green
1: Omnath, you're gonna love uh teamer Omnath. Yeah. Although I think I think. Uh, Red green omnath was better, but it cost a lot more mana.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm inclined to think that you would. I I don't know how many people would pass. Like y- red green omnath seems better, and if you really want to play elementals, aren't you playing horde notions? I am on that train as well. Plus,
1: um, red green omnath tells you gives you a really clear idea of what you want to do, and just play all the lands you possibly can. Whereas uh, teamer omnath uh, just wants you to play lots of elementals and you if you also lands yeah oh eight or more lands you draw a card there's a lot of text on this stupid card
0: yeah but like now i have to play all a lot of all the elementals but also play a lot of lands and i get one one counters it's just way too much work for not that much payoff yeah if you put two counters on them like maybe it'd be more interesting i don't know Omneth feels bad Uh, Uh, Let's see, there's a card. Rianne seems bad. I don't really love Rianne. Yeah, I... She's just annoying. Yeah, she's the only Naya one. Like, we got the five wedges,
1: and then randomly a Naya shard. Uh, Yeah, I have a box from... I have um, an honorable mention pick that I thought about but didn't uh, put in the list. Uh, How much do you think, with Yarok being a uh, popular... Awesome card and easy to build around. Um, if you don't own any foil villainous wealth, they're pretty well positioned at six bucks, and I would uh, I would want to be picking up a few cheap. of those. Yeah, foils I, are that
0: cheap. We uh, have definitely James has talked about this card at least once, possibly twice. Right now, there um, are fifteen near mint foil copies
1: on TCG. Uh, there are only two uh none are under one is under six and then you're getting up into the seven and eight range and i want to see like somebody who's got one for 30 i want to see that on the second page nope 20 is the most expensive one on there um i, I would be if if we think yarok is the easiest commander to build then you want to look at the salt high stuff and uh Moldrotha immediately jumps to mind, but also Villainous Wealth is just a fun card to play. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Especially uh, if you got Yark really, and uh... playing, you're gonna double all their stuff. Wiggity 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 wiggity.
0: That is pretty sick. Um So is it, there's some nifty stuff in here? Not like I don't know. There's nothing like blowing my mind.
1: Uh, I'm impressed at um, how Exactly, chan- the mythic Chandra is to screw with Nexus of Fate decks. I like that they knew they had this uh, answer coming along. You know, you immediately you can't counter it. That you give them the emblem, so like every turn they're going to take a damage. And when their plan is to mill themselves down and cast um, the bounce spell endlessly,
0: uh, you got them. I suppose. Assuming that they don't have any source of life gain in their deck. They currently don't. Now, well, that the- seems like they could adjust for it if people started playing Awakened Inferno for <laughs> for Nexus of Fate decks.
1: I mean, you, you can stack it up too. getting two life a turn is harder than you think, especially if you're already uh, playing four fogs main deck.
0: We only have to make one life a turn. If they emblem me once, so if you if you have a way to gain ten total life in your deck, you buy yourself ten extra turns. I don't know. I agree that it is pretty good at thwarting the Nexus deck. So you're you're absolutely right, and it's it's a powerful effect. Like six mana is a lot of mana, but giving them that emblem once and being at an eight loyalty is a whole lot of loyalty. That is,
1: but at that at that point, you're talking about like kill target planeswalker spells. You're, you're an elder spell at two mana, like it doesn't matter that much. Uh, There is one more thing I want to bring up to you is uh, Elvish Reclaimer. Um, The one green for a one two, he gets two two as long as there's three more lands in your graveyard.
0: And he's got two
1: tap crop rotation. I'm sorry, not even crop rotation. Oh, no, it is crop rotation. Sack a land to search your library for a land put into play and shuffle. Oh, tapped. That's an important part of it. But
0: um, does this
1: have long term legs to go find
0: any land? Well, first of all, the art is awful for this card and clearly was a slush fund. A slush art pile pick. Like, oh, we need art for Elvis Reclaimer and here's some generic Elvish-ish looking art. Let's just use that. He's got pointy walk. ears. Get him in there. Yeah, he's throwing a spear. Yep. I don't know what that has to do with any of this. It's dumb. Um, yeah, the card is legit. Like the fact that you can... This is curious and I I want to say it will matter in modern. This definitely seems like it has the ability to matter in modern, I should say. Okay. It allows you to go get your Nyctos. It allows you to finish your Tron. Uh, It goes and gets your, I don't know. This is a curious card. This is a curious card.
1: There's two more like curious cards that I, I wanted to bring up. Uh, are you buying Rotting Regisaur in bulk numbers?
0: I mean, I'm not buying anything right now. Well,
1: I mean, given you know X dollars, would you buy the seven six for three mana, uh, where you only have to discard a card every upkeep?
0: Uh, in bulk numbers. Yeah, well, I
1: assume this is going to get to about bulk prices. It's
0: four bucks right now. Is and it? For, no, there,
1: you're you're pulling my. Oh my god!
0: And there were a lot of people on twitter that were talk- like there were constructed caliber players like i don't remember if it was usa but it was a usa type player commenting on this card is like what are you kidding me they printed a three minus seven six with upside uh upside. so yeah i don't i hit this is not gonna be a bulk card like the fact that you had pros talking about it is is worth noticing
1: okay uh, so I'm keeping my eye on that one, and the other one uh, I wrote about last week, but uh, scheming symmetry, the uh, both players vampiric tutor.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that card is is very potent. I
1: I think that it's not hard to abuse this to like take away their advantage. You got to find some way to mill them or make them shuffle, and whether that's just as something as simple as like you're gonna ghost quarter them or something like that. Where you don't even need to do too much more. Uh, it is optional though, right? They don't have to go find on a ghost quarter.
0: Uh well it's each of them searches their library for a card and puts it on top.
1: No, no, but then you um so you your card stays on top, but after this spell resolves, then you ghost quarter them. You kill their land.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, I missed that. They do not have to search now. Okay. Uh one of well actually one of these one of those cards makes them. Wait, which one is it? Is it Ghost Quarter?
1: Uh it is there's there's some of them where no,
0: it's not Ghost Quarter. One of them makes them though. Yeah, they can fail to find all
1: over the place, but I'm not sure about which ones force the shuffle.
0: Or even just Field of Ruin forces them to shuffle. Oh, really? Destroy target non basic land and opponent controls. Each player shuffles his or her li- searches for library and then shuffles.
1: Okay, well, you don't want to play Field of Ruin either because you're going to mess up your draw. So you've got to have some way to do it. I do appreciate that um, New Jace solves both problems at once. New Jace, you draw the card and then you mill them for two. And you're just like, double win.
0: Yeah, I think this card is real legit because it's a very skill testing card. What's going to and You know, this card is symmetrical, is is slightly less symmetrical for you because they get the card first, uh, assuming that they pick the right card. <laughs> but that's the thing is a very very and this is why factor fiction was popular is very frequently people pick the wrong card and because it's really hard to do and that like no one should be ashamed of that it's just a tough thing to pull off so the fact that You can play that card and people will just go get some dumb card and you get to get the best card in your deck for that situation uh, is very important. And you're going to play in the type of deck where you're going to have answers for like specific answers and your opponent might not be playing that type of deck. Right. Like maybe you're going to get your wrath of God and they're like, "Uh, "Okay, I know I know my opponent is going to get his wrath of God. I'll go get another good creature, but I can't play it before he wraths Then I'm going to pass back. He's going to wrath. And now I have the creature that I just tutored for to put in the play. But, like, if he has another removal spell, that's gone. And now I've lost everything. So it just, there's definitely going to be situations where that card is real good. It's also nuts in EDH because now it's a one mana tutor. And then you can let, you know, it has a political aspect to it as well. So I really like this card long term.
1: Uh,. And one more uh, interaction I had pointed out to me this week, um, not about any of the M20 cards, but uh, while I'm on the topic of uh, things that have been noticed, uh, go buy yourself a foil winter orb because with new Urza, it's absolutely disgusting.
0: Uh, So I don't know where you've been, but I called winter orb as a pick a month ago and that card like quintupled or sextupled in price since then.
1: Well, I still think uh, considering there's only one foil version out there and there's eight near mint copies
0: on TCG, uh, I, what are they at like 20 bucks uh 30 yeah it was i think it was three dollars when i called it six dollars <laughs> get out get out yeah i i mean wait it's in the show notes you have access to it what is it? episode 169 170 all right let's see uh uh let's
1: see it's not there let's see 170 uh not there
0: let's 168 see. i called them at 15 okay well good job travis Thank you. That was before Urza was spoiled, though. Like, I just got lucky. Oh, well, yeah. Urza, it, Urza came like right after. That is
1: pre-Urza. That's even better.
0: Um. Yeah, so I guess there's two cards that I didn't mention. First of all, Golos, the new Solemn Simulacrum. Right. That card is actually going to be... <sighs> you know that, that this card would cost more than Solemn Simulacrum. Like, this would be a $20 card if he didn't have the extra ability on him, because now you can only play him in artifacts or in five color decks rather than every single EDH deck, which is probably a good thing. Yeah, but he is really powerful. um, And that, that activated ability is, is a good time on top of that. Yeah. This is just your five
1: color ramp deck. Like you have a lot of fun ways to go with five color. Like they've been throwing five colors at us lately. And this is just ridiculous. Exile the top three and play them without paying their costs.
0: Yeah. And but, I know Sam Black was talking about it. He thinks this card is legit and Sam Black knows his shit. So very interested to keep an eye on Golos. Um, and Lotus Field at, is $18. So like. No, I'm not in it. The jig's up on that one. Jigs up on that one, right? Yeah. But I do think that card is <laughs> really likely to be busted. Like. Even if you just have um, like amulet of vigor, like it's this is if you have amulet of vigor in play, this is black lotus. Yes, put it in the play, untap it. Well, it's actually worse than black lotus because most everything is have, worse than black lotus, but your metaphor applies. Yes, yeah, sort of, because then you'd have to sacrifice this plus another land, or yeah. So it's eh, okay. So I, I got I'm wrong about that, but it is a very potent card um and i think that this probably won't do anything out of the deck or out of the gate i think this is going to crash really hard but at like three or four bucks this is certainly worth considering that hexproof is makes all the difference
1: yeah being able especially with field of ruin running around um i also really like uh field of the dead since we're talking about lands like we have Escape scapeshift deck in modern now in standard excuse me where I can instead of scape shifting for Balakut triggers and kill you immediately, I can scape shift with um, seven or more for set. If I have seven, I'm getting seven uh, zombies, and that should be enough to kill you next turn. No guarantees. I
0: think that's bad. Well, I, I didn't say it was too good. much good,
1: but I said it was interesting.
0: <laughs> I sure, sure. I mean, people will try it. Uh, I'm just not. Like, I think Scape Shift is a bad card to
1: play right now, anyway.
0: Cause, I saw other people cu- talking about it on social media, and I'm like, don't don't go through all this work. It is not worth the effort. All right,
1: uh, but everybody, do buy your Temple Lands cheap when you can. They are wonderful to have in Commander.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah. Two bucks a piece. Sure. Buy them all. All right. Any last thoughts on this before we wrap up for the week? Because it's actually been like two hours.
1: Have we really? Oh, I used to give James so much crap about that.
0: Yes. I think that's See, it's easy. It's easy. It is easy to give James a lot of crap.
1: Oh, well, uh, I meant it's easy to go long. <laughs> especially with a new set. I'm going to give myself a yeah. pass on this. Uh, where sure. can people find you
0: again? Uh Travis? Uh, I'm on Twitter at WizardBumpin, B U uh, M P I N, and I write every Monday for uh, MTG Price doing the Watchtower series. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Word of Commander, and I've
1: got uh, Casual Fridays, which is every Friday.
0: Surprising. Uh, I would like to remind our listeners to check out the MTGPrice.com pro trader service for just $7.99 a month or $79.99 per year. You can get early access to this podcast, which is what you're paying for, of course. Uh, Fantastic articles by the best MTG finance minds in the business and a very active Discord uh, that is always setting up special buys and and early insight into specs and all sorts of good stuff um, that will drive better returns and save you money playing Magic's Gathering.
1: Uh, did we pick who we're going to give some credit to? Are we still doing that?
0: I- I'm going to do that while you read your blurb. Okay. I'm going to go find some. Uh,
1: once again, just to remind everybody, MTG Fast Finance is proudly sponsored by Cool Stuff, Inc., where you can find all sorts of awesome stuff in stock, including Magic the Gathering singles, sealed plot product, and a plethora of other collectibles. Please use the promo code finance number and then the number five at during checkout for uh, Cool Stuff Inc. to save five percent off your order and let them know that this podcast was awesome enough to send you there.
0: All right, so I'm scrolling and I have to pick a active user. Uh, Drumroll, please. Do... Okay, so congratulations. Oh wait, where did he go? I just had somebody. Modern MTG. Yay, Modern MTG! At Modern MTG 5421, you have won the $25, I think, Cool Stuff Inc. credit. Um, Go ahead and ping James on Twitter if you're listening, and I guess I'm supposed to shoot you a message, too. Discord would Uh, work, too. Yeah, well, that's where I'm getting it from. I know. Oh, yeah, message somebody. Send a message on Discord. James usually deals with this. I'm going to send you a message, but there you go. Congratulations, you won $25 at CoolStuffInc.com. Um, thank you, Cliff, for joining us. And I believe we're going to have you back next week, too. That's correct. He's still gallivanting around Europe. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, thank you again for coming, Cliff. Uh, it was a pleasure. And I will see you and all of our listeners next week on another episode of MTG Fast Finance. <laughs>